Okay, welcome everybody to episode 74 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. This time it is just Bill and I. Hey Bill, how are you? Good. How we doing over there? Uh, you know, in Indiana, we've the weather has finally decided to kind of come around. We've it was weird. Like now it's been pretty mild, but we had like this day, like a week and a half ago or something, where we got three inches of snow. Like it had oh. been like 70s and 80s, and then like just totally dive bombed. We got three inches of snow, and then you know just a few days later we're we're back up again. But it was just really really weird to get that much snow that late. My wife is always afraid of that. So, like, as it starts to get warmer, I'm like, okay, like, should we put, you know, like, some of the outdoor chairs back outside? Should we put, you know, like, that we have, like, a, like, kind of like a gazebo, like, canopy type thing on our deck? Should we put, you know, we just keep the frame out in the winter. So, we're like, oh, can we put the, uh, you know, like, the, the, the sheet, you know, the, the fabric back on it? And she's always like, no, like, what if it snows again? <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah, because you're a little farther north than Oh, me. yeah, we're, we're in New England, so it definitely can happen. It didn't happen this year, so we're lucky. So, like, it got warm enough where we kind of started getting everything set outside and had some, like, really beautiful weekends um, that were just not too hot, kind of like mid-70s breezy. It was beautiful. And this past week, it's been kind of like, like this, like, cold front that won't quit, like, just kind of like bitter chilly, but no precipitation, mm. just dry. Um, which, you know, I'll take that over, over the wet stuff and the wintry mix, you know, like in, in the spring, but man, it's, uh, it's been nice to get out and like do some of those things. But, uh, today, uh, it was super, super windy, like all day long. Really? So it was tough to, yeah, it was tough to be outside with the kind of like the, the wind biting at you, but we're getting there. We're getting real, real close to, uh, just being outdoor for months. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, we're, as we're recording this, it's May 1st. So, you know, we're, we're right on the door mm-hmm. <laughs> of it. And I'm, I mean, I've, it's been pretty mild here. I've been outside quite a bit, but yeah, I'm definitely ready. And same sort of thing, you know, we wanted to get some plants in the ground and stuff, but you know, it's, uh, I'm glad we waited obviously with the snow and everything coming, but mm-hmm. anyway, I'm sure people don't want to, this isn't the, uh, the garden <laughs> show. So yeah, well, um, welcome to the weather bug podcast. Forecast. Uh, <laughs> Do people still use Weatherbug? Is that still uh, like a piece <laughs> Remember of... when that was like on every PC? Oh, like, it was huge. See down the system tray? Because they'd install themselves without your permission or with like very, <laughs> very like uh, in the fine print. Like, oh, and by the way, we're going to put this on there. You know, but I, I would go people without fail. People, you know, like friends, family call me up. Be like, oh, they talk to my mom. Is Billy busy? My computer's so slow. I could really use some help. And you get over there and without fail... 97 items in the system tray and Weatherbug is running seven times. <laughs> that, that, remember all the add-on bars for your browser? Yes. Like, sometimes you would go to someone's <laughs> computer and there'd be like five yeah. or six add-on yeah. bars so on the top. Thankfully, those are a lot less prevalent than they used to be, but oh man, it, it was, it was almost like, you know, like, you know, like a five-star general when he has like all yeah. those like yeah. extra awards like on his chest and you're like, where's the actual web start? Like it's 30 lines down. But yeah, that... yeah, you'd go to you'd go to like somebody's yeah. They'd be like, oh man, why is this so slow? And you and the amount of space that could actually read something on yeah. the page was like, like yeah. a sliver this, because of the bars. This, this this is the old man kind of talking back to the GeoCity days and the uh, Alta Vistas. That's right. Yeah, like oh, you had your Lycos bar mm-hmm. and your <laughs> so, man. Those are the days. Are but the yeah, days. so so we can move on to the reason everyone's else. here at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we won't go too far, but uh, Kelsey, you know, he had to take a little break this time around. So you've you've got just Bill and I. 
So we're totally going to take advantage of that and talk about things that we want to talk about. Yeah. So uh, it all works out. So if you're into like Shin Megami Tensei or something, this is the wrong show for you. Yeah, we have a, we have a really, really good Shin show a couple shows back. So yeah, just grab that one if that's uh, really what you're into. And we're definitely going to miss him, but he's definitely where he needs to be. So uh, uh, we'll see him uh, when he gets back. Absolutely. So um, we'll go right into things. So, Bill, what's what's uh, new besides the weather in your neck of the woods? So today being May 1st, um, it's very close to May 4th. And for you Star Wars fans out there, uh, May the 4th has become a, uh, you know, kind of a, a recognized Star Wars celebration, uh, you know, week or weekend or, you know, period of time, uh, what have you. So a lot of companies have chosen to pick this time as a good time to, you know, put out some Star Wars products. Um, so uh, anyone who uh, listens knows that I, we've kind of, you know, fallen into, uh, however you want to call it, bitten by the Lego bug, fallen into the Lego trap, uh, however you want to say it. So it sounds painful. Yeah, fall into the Lego trap. <laughs> yeah, especially with, uh, yeah, if you step on them. So the um, uh, May May fourth or the week of May fourth has always been a, a huge deal in the Lego uh, world ever since they started making Star Wars sets. So uh, there's usually an Ultimate Collector Series set every uh, May fourth. Um, so it just happens to fall on Saturday this year, so it released today. Uh, and there were some rumors for a while. We weren't sure what it was going to be. We knew that the uh, Episode Two Republic gunship was coming out this year, but we didn't think it was going to be in May. We thought that was going to be like the more expensive uh, set later in the year, probably like se- September, October. Um, and it turns out we were right. The, uh, the set that came out today was uh, a remake or a, you know, re- a redo, an upgrade, of the um, Ultimate Collector Series R2-D2 from about 10 years ago, from 2012, I think it was. So it's got uh, uh, some extra... It's very, very similar in size. Um, it's a little less blocky. They kind of, like, added some curved elements to the dome, so it kind of looks a little bit more like R2, a little bit less like Lego, but you can still obviously tell that it's Lego. Um, but they added a couple of fun surprises, which is always cool. Um, so on the top of R2's dome head, there's, like, a little kind of, like, area that is removable. And there's a little Luke saber, Luke's uh, Skywalker lightsaber <laughs> that's stored in his head, which is very nice. Unfortunately, not spring-loaded, so you can't shoot <laughs> it out of uh, R2, but I'm sure that can be solved with uh, some creative use of Technic Springs in there. Um, and uh, and there, there's some other things on there, too, that uh, I, I won't spoil in case people want the surprise in their building. So uh, I was planning on being at the Lego store right when I opened to grab it, because you never know how many they're going to have. And I mentioned that to my wife, and she was like, oh, well, the, you know, the kids, uh, you know, soccer and baseball, both that morning. So we went right after uh, soccer and thankfully got there in the nick of time because I got the penultimate R2-D2 oh. that they – so I, I got mine, and then I just kind of had – in chatting with the, I was like, so were you guys busy this morning? Like, oh, 20 people were waiting before we opened. I was like, oh, really? Oh, like, because wow. I, I don't know how many other, you know, Lego weirdos there are in our, in our area. So they're like, yeah, we, we sold a ton. And then I said, how many have left? And they were like, there's that one. Like, after the one you just bought, we have like one, and then there's a damaged one that they can't sell because the box got like messed up in transit. So, um, uh, it's also like double VIP points, which is just their reward currency. Um, so, uh, I wasn't planning on it, but I ended up grabbing a couple other small sets. They have this helmet series, so I got a Stormtrooper uh, helmet. There's the um, uh, the TIE Fighter pilot. We got Boba Fett, and there's an Imperial Probe Droid uh, model that we got uh, all today. So uh, once we uh, kind of got our little Lego Star Wars haul, we brought it home. We built on the deck for a little while because I love play- doing Lego outdoors. <laughs> 
Uh, the light is awesome. You know, we had the, uh, you know, shade from the, from the canopy until the wind kind of, you know, took the wind out of our sails. <laughs> so, or put it in. Yeah. Put it, yeah. Once the wind <laughs> was put into our sails, we left. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. Uh, so, uh, that's, uh, probably the last Lego set that we'll be getting until later in the year when the rumored new $800 set is supposed to come out. So, uh, right. Cause right now the millennium Falcon is $800. There's, there's rumors that that's going to retire this year. So there's been rumors there's gonna be another $800 set. We still don't know what it is or if that's even true. So I'm learning a lot about the, the land of Lego rumors and it's so different <laughs> than that of video games because with video games, you find out about something years before it happens. Oh yeah. And in the world of Lego and probably toys in general, because it's a lot shorter, uh, turnaround from like, you know, conception to, uh, 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 sorry, concept to production. Um, but you'll find, you'll hear rumors about something and then you, like an image will get leaked and it's out like two weeks later. So it's like very much like the Saturn, uh, oh, wow. in the yeah. world of toys. Okay. So like, uh, uh, so yeah, it's possible we'll hear uh, some rumors, but probably not till closer to when it comes out. Um, so that's all that's going on in the uh, the, the the Lego world. Uh, and then back. So, so I have to ask: Is uh, does anybody have the Star Trek license locked up? Is it like Playmobil or somebody? Is Star uh, Trek? Honestly, I have not seen a Star Trek product outside of an action figure, um, or like you know, like the ships, or like you know, kind of like plastic type toys that you would find at a you know, at a Toys R Us or equivalent. Um, and I, and you know, now that you mentioned, like, I don't even see like, like Star Trek licensed, like anything like, you know, I, I know they have like the models of the ships that you can know. Like, like but, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about like, you know, like the ridiculous amount of things that Star Wars is licensed to like oh, waffle yeah. makers and, you know, like vacuum cleaners. And it's very much like space balls. It's become that parody. <laughs> Where it's you know space ball is the flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for you know what you wouldn't you think that that would be like a meme or a gift that you could find like I couldn't like just go in the really? gift search box and find merchandising. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it's but like you know you go to the you know Target or Walmart or whatever and you don't see like Star Trek pajamas you know like. Uh, well, I mean some of that I get. Yeah. I mean it's you know it's a different level of things. But I was just thinking because you were talking about May the Fourth and. First contact day was recently. That's right. I love, I know you're the biggest uh, Trekkie fan of of the group of people that I know. Um, But I've got to tell you, I I grew up kind of like, what's the word? Not tangentially, but I grew up kind of like on the outskirts of liking Star Trek. Like if a movie would come out and I would see it and I was like, oh, that was really good. But like it was, it didn't permeate any... of other part of my life besides I saw that movie and I liked it and now I'm done with it. Um, but then as I got older, I kind of started going back and watching some of that stuff again. Cause the old, the old, you know, rule or not rule, but the old, you know, saying was like, Oh, like the, the even numbered Star Trek movies are good. Um, you know, like one's not good. Two's good. Three's not good. Uh, four is good. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah. If I reverse that, sorry. Uh, um, so, but I went back and I, rem- and so I watched, you know, no, you're right. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> evens are good. Right. Yeah. Even, evens, you know, uh, uh, are supposed to be, you know, the ones that are better. And I went back and I got to tell you, I love the search for Spock and I don't know if I'm alone on that. And if no, I am, but yeah, I love search for Spock. 
And then I remember loving four when I was younger and then seeing it again later. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's cute and it's okay. But like, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd ever go back to it again now that I've seen it like again as an adult. Uh, five is what five is. And it deserves, you know, you to look at it what? just to know what, what it does is. God need with a star. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then six, I remember Christopher Lloyd and like, you know, like actually there being like a murder mystery and some international espionage intrigue. Like I really like that, but I kind of fell out of it after that. And I never watched any of the shows. I know there's a lot of shows. There's Voyager and yeah. Deep Space and all these. And I, I completely fell out of it. And years later, I was working at Babbage's. And a friend of mine was like, oh, like you're, you haven't seen any of the Star Trek movies? Like, yeah, like none of them. And he's like, do me a favor. Just just watch First Contact with me. So we got together and we watched for it. And he's, and he's like, here's the thing about First Contact. It's not really that it's that it's like a movie it's just a really good long episode of star trek and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay let's do this so we watched it and it was done and i was like i am on board like this is awesome and i remember i still remember to this day we're we're sitting there watching it and it's over and uh and uh picard's like all right set a course for the future and then like it shows like the sky and they just kind of like zoom and i remember turning to my friend and i was like how do they get back to the future? And he's like, they just do. <laughs> Don't worry. There's a about lot of it. time travel in Star Trek. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but you know, but yeah. First, first contact. Awesome. And, uh, uh, the Borg is, I think one of them, I don't know if it's underrated in the rest of the world, but like, I've always thought it was a super underrated adversary, uh, in the science fiction world. It's probably very popular in the Star Trek, uh, in the, in the realm. It is. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, so that's the, well, I'll, I'll talk more Trek when yeah. <laughs> I get to my stuff. So I, you know, you, uh, I'll let you get back after Lego. Sorry. I was just curious if you ever saw and if there was any Lego Star Trek. Stuff. No. Yeah. Go I've ahead. never, I've never seen any. Um, and you would think, cause with the licensing, I mean, like they've got Star Wars that, I mean, Minecraft makes perfect sense to do Lego stuff at us. Oh, so they yeah. got Minecraft obviously. And, um, there's, there's other Disney stuff too. There's the princesses. They got the frozen castle coming out this summer. Um, and they've got also just kind of like individual licensing deals, like with car companies, like an Aston Martin will come out or like, you know, the James Bond car, um, or, you know, the Batmobile. So there's definitely tons of licensing going on there, but yeah, it's interesting. I've never seen any Star Trek stuff. I should look into it and see if it's been done in the past and cause their stuff comes out for like a year or two and then it's retired. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it forever. Um, so yeah, uh, to, uh, just sidestep the, the toys for a couple minutes and just get to games. Uh, so I'm still playing a good amount of destiny. Um, the, uh, the season is coming to an end. Um, there's uh, a seasonal event that happens every year around this time called the guardian games. And it's a little bit different every year, but basically it's a competition between the three classes in the game. So you got your Titans, your warlocks, your hunters. So what you do is you grab the quest, you put on this special item, uh, like an, an item of armor. And, uh, when you're wearing this, just doing various activities out in the world, enemies drop these items called laurels, you collect them and you spend them on guardian games bounties. Uh, and when you complete these, you get medals, you turn in your medals and pretty much like whichever class gets the most medals gets like a special, you know, kind of like unique thing to wear that's purely cosmetic. And there's a little guardian games trophy that's just, so like every, um, Every class has a Vanguard member. So like the Zavala is the Titan Vanguard. Ikora is the Warlock Vanguard. The Hunter Vanguard post is uh, unoccupied right now since Cade was killed in Forsaken. Spoiler alert. But it's probably going to be Crow. Um, so a trophy 
for the entire year will sit next to that Vanguard. So like every... Is it, is it Crow-T Robot? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is not. That would be nice, though. So, uh, uh, so yeah, so Guardian Games is like a fun little distraction, um, but they usually add like a few things in it that are, you know, even if you're not kind of into the whole competition thing, it's like uh, you can get like an exotic weapon that's not been available anymore by doing a certain number of bounties. Um, and they also introduced a catalyst for this weapon. Now, what a catalyst is, so most weapons have random rolls. So there'll be, um, uh, you know, different perks on these weapons. They'll have different barrels, different sights, and then any number of like, you know, one to ten different perks per weapon. So, um, and then what you can do is you can invest in-game currency into these items to like kind of like raise their stats up. Uh, and you can do that 10 times, and once you've done it 10 times, uh, that's called a masterwork, which gives like every stat like a bonus. Now, exotic weapons, you normally can't do that uh, until you find this item called a catalyst, and you find them any number of different ways within the game. Um, so they introduced a catalyst for this weapon that never had it before. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going for. So I went for the catalyst, I got it, it's applied to my air apparent uh, machine gun. And now I just got to kill a handful more enemies to kind of unlock the uh, the extra benefit of that. So Guardian Games is cool. Um, you know, no, uh, there's no, you know, paid, you know, uh, there's no way for microtransactions or paid, you know, things or loot boxes or anything. It's really just like a fun thing they throw together, which is kind of nice. But with the season kind of coming to an end, this is usually a time when I look back and say, okay, is there anything that I'm behind on, like a quest that I didn't finish like a year or two ago, just to kind of get it off the books right now? And the exotic weapon from the uh, uh, from the Garden of Salvation raid that came out um, uh, with Beyond Light, uh, uh, or sorry, not Beyond Light, that was Deepstone Crypt, uh, with Shadowkeep. I had never got that weapon, so I went to the clan guys, and I was like, hey, I know it's old stuff, but would you guys mind you know, running through and getting Divinity, which is the exotic weapon? And they're just happy to do it because they're awesome guys. So we got a group of professionals together, and we got through the raid in about an hour, hour and a half, which is really good for the fact that they had to teach two guys uh, how to do it, because that's normally a bit longer than that. So that was awesome. I'm still having fun going through. There's a couple of uh, regular guys that I play with that we. There's a dungeon called Prophecy that is awesome that we do, uh, uh, you know, once a week pretty much. Um, there's an exotic quest called Harbinger that I'm going through on that you can get uh, uh, random rolls on this exotic weapon called uh, Hawk Moon, which is a returning weapon from D1. Um, so it's it's weird because I know we talked about it before, but there was this kind of long period where I was like not anti-Destiny, but like I would boot it up and I'm like. I'm just not feeling it right now, and I would shut it off. And, like, I think that's totally fine. It's healthy. Do other stuff. Even if it's not games, you know, read something, you know, like, change a pace. And it was great because I've been there where, like, I'm, like, bashing my head against the wall, not having fun. I'm like, why am I playing this, you know? So it was great to take that break because, honestly, like, it's I've, I've really kind of come back hard to it, and I'm having a really good time still. Um, so, uh, and the last thing to mention about Destiny is the original Destiny raid, Vault of Glass. Uh, it's been announced that that's returning on May 22nd. Uh, because it's an original raid that's already been in the game, people are kind of wondering, are they going to do a World's First race? Because with every brand new raid that comes out, it's like, all right, it's starting on this day. It starts at this time. The first team to beat it and return to orbit, they get the World's First title. Destiny has, like, belts made up that they like uh uh it's a big wow. yeah, it's a big 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 deal it's also like the one day a year or like you know it used to be uh 
there used to be a raid like like multiple times a year now it's pretty much once a year it's the one day a year that destiny is like the overall number one streamed game on twitch and then oh, okay. like the next day like everything drops because everyone's just watching the world's first race um so what they do typically is they enable something called contest mode which is a really really good thing they do because what happens is you want the best you want the team that win that gets the world's first raid to be the best team who executes the raid the best way you don't want it just to be the one who like grinded more levels or like you know got their got themselves more powerful so they just do more damage so they yeah so they enable contest mode so which pretty much like no matter what your power is the encounter acts as if your power is this set number for everybody so everyone's on a level playing field um and uh so for this one, since there's already been a, a race for it, they've decided to do something that's that's uh, that's unique to the series so far. Is uh, the first te- is when you beat the raid. When you so when you finish Vault of Glass, which a lot of teams will do relatively quickly because we know how to beat it, that will unlock this uh, uh, in-game like um, they call them triumphs, which are basically like in-game achievements. It'll open up this list of triumphs, and they're like, all right, here's like ten challenges that you have to complete like within the raid so it might say do this encounter but every player has to hold the uh uh the um there's like uh uh, the oracle like every player has to hold the oracle because usually just one guy will do it but now if you have to hand it around like it's a lot more difficult so there's going to be 10 challenges and they said just to make sure that it's you know there's less stuff to verify and like you know no room for funny business if at any point one of the challenges is failed, the entire team wipes. So there's no way to say like, oh yeah, we totally did it. <laughs> right. So right. that's really that's really pretty cool because it's gonna make for uh, uh, an, an interesting day one um, raid experience, even though this has been done before. And to respect the first team that completed the raid, uh, every every raid belt before this has been like black leather with gold. Like you would expect, like kind of like a wrestling or like a UFC or a boxing type belt. So sure, this yeah. is black leather with silver, just and it has the original team's name on that belt that did the first raid. So just to you know make sure that they still honor that original team's accomplishment. So um I really really can't wait. Vault of Glass is a lot of people's favorite raid. I like it a lot. It's not my favorite raid, but it's May 22nd is going to be awesome to watch those guys go through it. And then, you know, within a day or two, uh, I think uh, uh, the rest of the uh, the the community and uh, the guys in my clan will be ready to tackle it. So very excited for that. And uh, taking a bunch of time so far. So I'm just going to mention Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which I'm still playing. I've kind of taken like a little bit of a backwards uh, step on that uh, because my kids saw me playing it. And they were like, "What's this?" <laughs> like, "Oh, this is Ori and the Will of the and the the blind, Ori and the Will of the Wisps." And they would watch me, and they're like, "This is cool. Like, I'm gonna start this on my file." So they both started it on their file, and they'll come and get me. And they're like, "Oh, I need your help on this because it's it's not an easy game." Yeah. Um, and uh, especially Will of the Wisps, which has more precise combat in it, more more so than uh, the first uh, the game did, the Blind Forest. So I've kind of gone backwards in that one just to kind of like help them out. So I'm still playing it. But I'm like, you know, back at the beginning of the game instead of like towards the middle of the game. Um, and I think I actually might even back them off to the Blind Forest um, because the combat is more forgiving and it'll kind of get them into the, the world a little bit more. But I just wanted to mention that. And I haven't tried it yet, but today I did get the 
notification slash invite to the Xbox uh, Cloud Gaming beta, oh, which is cool. finally uh, available on iOS. Uh, yeah. I imagine through a loophole because Apple didn't want anyone like streaming games via an app because they want to get money for like uh, you know people purchasing games or like subscriptions or whatever. So it's really funny. Like I'm I'm doing it on my phone. And it's like, oh, like add add Xbox Cloud Gaming to your home screen. I'm like, that's really weird. So, well, first of all, I go to click on it, and it was like, no, you have to use a supported browser. So I was using Chrome, and I'm like, this is this, like, oh, like an Apple supported browser for this. So I had to open up Safari for the first time in ages. And then when you like add Xbox Cloud Gaming to your to your uh, home uh, like main screen. It's just a link to like xbox.com slash cloud gaming. So you're just playing through Safari. <laughs> so I think that's the loophole. They're like, all right, buddy, it's not an app. We're just going through a website <laughs> on oh, your browser. So I, I tried it for like a minute because I didn't have a controller with me to like pair or like mess with. But yeah. there's actually there's a cool section in there that was like, oh, you know, play with play with touch or play with, you know, play. With, and I'm like wonder how this is going to work. So one of the games in there was Double Dragon Neon. And I was like, all right, like just to see what it looks like. So I clicked on it and it was a little like loading screen. Like, okay, like check in your connection, check in your phone. And then I saw the, you know, like when you play an Xbox 360 game, like a back compatible game and you see like kind of like the old interface and like not really like the blades, but like when the window pops up and like you can tell the font, you can tell like exactly what it is. So it did that and it said my gamer tag on it. And then I got to the title screen. And it looked really good, and like I just hit, you know, the screen, and it went to the to, to the next screen. So I didn't mess around with it too much, but because uh, uh, Bickman for a while was telling us uh, about it, and I was like, yeah, I don't have Android, so I can't do it. So finally can do it. So gonna see if I can get a controller paired with it and see what uh, Destiny on a tiny, tiny screen <laughs> at the soccer practice is gonna play like. <laughs> you have to report back on that. I'll be curious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I know it's I'm a thing sure, that's coming, but I'm oof. sure it'll be. I mean, with the size of the screen, I mean, and that, and that's the biggest prohibitor for me. Like, you know, I already complain about text being too hard to read on you know full size games. So it's gonna it's gonna be very very uh, specific gaming needs that will be served by that uh, you know by that product. But uh, I think a lot of that pro uh, a lot of that experiment has to do with people being afraid of what Stadia was going to be. And now knowing what Stadia actually is, everything is kind of cooled down on that front for a little while. But it's still a thing they were doing, so it kind of got you know shown to people and pushed out the door. But uh, yep. So if that's by everybody knows what Stadia is. Do you mean Stadia is bad? <laughs> <laughs> so Stadia, it, it's it's funny. Like Stadia is one of those things that I for a, like when it first came out, like you heard a lot about it, and there's you know ads and stuff everywhere. Everyone tried out the the free trial for like a minute. And, I, and everyone I talked to said the same thing. They were like, it works like exactly the way I'd expect it to work. I don't think I'll ever turn it on again. And it's just, you know, it's it's one of those classic cases like a product no one asked for and like no one like really needed or wanted to pay for. Like if it was free all the time, I don't even think I'd have a reason to turn it on. It invented a solution to a problem that didn't exist. Yeah, that's that's a more eloquent way to say it for sure. Because it was because they could. And right. It was cool. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Like I I remember trying to convince myself like in my head, okay, in this situation, <laughs> I could get, you know, like if I go on vacation, right? And I bring my Xbox, 
but the Xbox <laughs> servers are down. Or, no way, and I'm trying to, like, invent something where Stadia would work with my Destiny 2, because Destiny 2 is cross-save, you can do it on anything. So I just try to figure out a way, you know, and I'm like, okay, it, uh, okay if, if I'm in the car, <laughs> if I'm in the car and I tether my, and my Xbox isn't available, and if I tether my laptop to my phone and oh, log God. in via Stadia, I can grab some bounties in Destiny and be ready to play when I get to the beach. You know, like, it's just such, it's such, you know. I'm sure you could play, like, in glorious 720p or something yeah. over your phone. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and and my, my, my father-in-law, who I think listens to the show um, still, uh, he he's a big, big, big fan of just technology in general. And he's really, yeah. he's a former engineer. He's really impressed what it can do. And he's usually, he's very much against the grain in a lot of different ways. But one of the things that he's always talking about is the way the market gets convinced that they don't like certain things. Like he loved 3d and he loved 3d TVs. And then the glasses came out and then, but he listens to a lot of podcasts. He listens to a lot of uh, tech news and YouTube and stuff. And there's a lot of negativity out there surrounding a lot of new technology. So people would get on there and be like, Oh, 3d stupid. It's bad. It's dumb. And he thinks that's what's convincing people. Oh, I don't want a 3D TV. It's all those people saying that. And my argument to him has always been, you know, the the market wants what the market wants, and they're going to get what they want. If the market wanted 3D TVs, like there would be 3D TVs. So that's that's one of our like disconnects back and forth. But he, when this when this cloud uh, you know gaming thing kind of started coming uh, to the forefront, he was like, oh, I tell you, like this is going to be it. It's, it's all going <laughs> to, you know. Is it though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, you, it was very much like Thor, <laughs> Ragnarok. Right. Is it? <laughs> is it? Though? So um, but yeah, so uh. It, I'm interested to give it a go and, you know, just to, you know, from, oh, that's cool that there's technology that can do that. And then, like I said, you know, I'm totally happy firing up my computer locally powered, you know, with graphics and CPU and using my Internet connection to play a game and not have to worry about latency between me and them. It's just there's a lot of question marks and they can answer a lot of those questions with Oh, here's, you know, here's some technological jargon that may or may not be true, but it's just at the end of the day, like, why add those additional layers of complexity where you don't need them? I think the thing would be, I get it, like a $500 box you have to hook up is, it's $500, but it's a $500 box that you buy once every seven years. Right. I mean, so in the long run, it's not much money. Right. And you get a lot of mileage out of it. Right. And... You know, you kind of own something, right? <laughs> so, yeah, and it, which, which, uh, uh, to that point, I, I, I don't know if there are numbers on this. Like, you can get sales numbers, but I really, really would love to see numbers on Xboxes. Uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but that like plan where it's like you pay like monthly, all, uh, the all in, yeah, the yeah. Xbox all access. Is that it? All access. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, because I mean, I don't. I mean, you wouldn't think. Microsoft would go and create a solution if they weren't pretty sure there was, you know, good data out there to say like they they do well on it. So they must have heard from enough people that are like, I'd love to get all this stuff, but I don't have, you know, like a grand to drop on it right now. And they're like, well, do you have thirty dollars every month? <laughs> you know? They saw what people do with phones, which makes sure, sense, right? Yeah, that's a good Most point. people don't go, here's twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. I'd like the new iPhone, please. All right. They go, oh, uh, my phone provider will give me payments. Right. 
And then they go, okay, cool. Give me the new phone. Because, you know, if somebody goes, give me $1,200, you go, <gasps> yeah. But if somebody goes, yeah, like I said, how about $30 yeah. a month? Yeah. Right? And, and Just I, cut back on a pizza. And I remember the first time, uh, you know, when they when they started taking phone subsidies away in the U.S. And people said, like, oh, it's been like this in every other country for years. Like, you have to pay, like, $700 for a phone. And I'm like, that's crazy. People just walk in and give, like, yeah. 700 euro or whatever it is pence or whatever they use in other countries and uh but yeah and then over here it was like nope yeah it's 700 bucks now like that's the deal so all the phone companies they did the smart thing and they were like they took that cost and split it exactly over two years and it's like it's the same number so if they're going to offer you zero percent and you just get the phone you know and i uh, i'm not sure i'd have to look but like on xbox all access if the xbox breaks can you swap it out I don't know. Yeah, I, That's I a would good question. I would need to look at that because obviously it would be a a big, big uh, 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 decision, part of the decision making process. But yeah. but yeah, if you're gonna give someone zero percent interest on something that they want, you know, they're gonna take it. So that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, where things continue on that trend. Yeah, and I've heard that if you do the math, if you were going to buy everything at retail pricing, like the uh, Xbox Ultimate, you know, every year. That actually going the all-in route, you actually save a little money. Right. Um, and of course, most people are probably not going to. I mean, I don't pay right. retail. It's, but, you it, know. It's a lot like when they say, like, oh, like Xbox Live Gold gave you $1,700 worth of free games this year. Like, Did they? No, didn't. Did they? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Did they really? Exactly. Because like, those are games that are a lot of the time 90% off, like, every couple of months on sale. But, like, uh, I get it. Uh, and uh, the last thing I'll say before I push it off to you and we'll hear some uh, uh, hear, hear your updates is um, I'm very happy to hear that Microsoft has they've been talking about this for a while, but they have finally um, uh, you know come out with you know with doing this is uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of games that are free to play um, on other and especially on other platforms, um, but they've always required Xbox Live Golds um, for online multiplayer with the exception of like really a very small handful of titles like there was like a 360 game like shadow run or something like that like there, there's been like a couple that they were like this one's included you know like uh but um they finally come out with like a decent list of games that are free to play or you know in that vein that you don't need xbox live gold to to play online with uh, other people and i think that's a big big first step towards uh the cross-platform play that they've been looking for for a long time I, i'm not going to say that destiny is, was a part of that decision because there's a huge list of games that they said you know now we'll do it but we do know that crossplay is coming to destiny later this year we know it's already in you know fortnite and apex legends and a, a, a call of duty and a whole bunch of other things so it's it's a great first step because uh this is not something that the PC Master Race says a lot, but it doesn't cost, you know, besides paying for your internet connection, it doesn't cost any extra money to play games online with your friends. Like, that's a console thing. And I really feel like it was a thing that the console makers did to, like, fund the building of their, you know, private networks. Now those networks are built, and they're making revenue in other ways. So I feel like it needs to switch over to... You can play games online with other people. It doesn't cost anything. And if you want to pay the subscription... For Game Pass, we're like, we'll give you games, or for, you know, like, make the subscription, like, a little bit less, maybe, and, you know, if people still want those, like, two random free games a month or whatever from PSN, but uh, I was very happy to see uh, Microsoft uh, finally kind of come 
come all the way through with that uh, promise I made a while ago. Cool. Well, um, since we're talking Microsoft, let me just start off with that then. So I've uh, I've been trying to get a Series X. I've started going. You know, I know I I'm feeling your PS5 pain. Yeah, that's um, that's the one thing I didn't mention. Um, I've I've given up, not permanently, but I'm not checking social media every day. I am not when I feel curious. I'm not jumping over to Costco.com or Amazon or just. I'm just. You know what? I'm happier <laughs> without the stress. So I've really kind of fallen back to it'll happen when it happens. But yeah, I've, I've, I had no idea the Series X was as hard to find because I just haven't been paying attention. Now that I'm paying attention, I'm like, man, that's going in three seconds too. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe the PS5 is going 30 seconds and the, and the Series X going one minute, but I mean, who cares, right? It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Um, so I've managed to get as far as actually clicking a checkout button a few times, but I haven't got any farther than that. So um, Walmart and and uh, Microsoft Store and stuff, and it's you know you know what it's like. They they're just bad experiences. Sure. Um, and obviously, there's no point in carts because putting a, something in a cart doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So it's like I don't even know why there's that's a step anymore. Right. It and- should just be buy this thing now right and the trick where people say like oh like add it to a list like add it to a wish list it's a lot easier to put it in your cart from a wish list than from the product page no it's it's impossible either way yeah and and the system just chokes yeah right and like i said i would get to the point where i would get a checkout and it would go to the checkout screen and then instantly pop up like uh oh this is out of stock and bump me back to the cart thing Right. right and you're like just why bother? Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. That's all thing. I, the, the, I, the, I, I understand. I mean, yeah. I, I know these things are hard to get, whatever the case is, but. And, and, and it's compounded, right? Like there's yeah. a silicon issue. There's supply, other supply chain issues. There's the pandemic, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons. I'm not trying not to blame anyone too hard, but I'm telling you the only experience I will sign up for now is the new egg shuffle because you enter a little mm-hmm. lottery and then, by eight or ten o'clock that night, you'll get an email with, like, "Hey, like you can come by it right now." You never get chosen because a billion people are entering it, but like you're not <laughs> right. sitting there like a mad person pushing for fresh yeah, like crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Like if I'm already sitting there and it says, "Hey, there's some Xboxes," okay, I'm going to click a few times. I'll spend a minute. If if it's trashed after a minute, okay, whatever, I'm done because yep. I know it's not there anymore anyway. Yep. Right after a minute, you're done. Yep. So, and then you're cares? not invested anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. Um, so it's kind of those things. Like if I get dumb lucky, I'll get dumb lucky. And if not, I don't care. Yep. Um, it's, it's kind of those things like, um, I'm glad I got this, the, the PS5 through just ridiculously dumb luck. Um, I wouldn't have put as, that, this much time into getting one of those either. Right. So yeah. I don't, I don't blame you, but you know, I'm trying. So, you know, like I said, just clicking around. So maybe yeah, it's the whole thing now. When I, will I, they show up in any mass yeah. amount and, and, and at no, this point? Maybe next year? Yeah. And that, I was going to say, so like the Matt Swider, who I've mentioned on the show before, um, you know, people ask him a lot. And he, he is actually very responsive, which is great. Again, he's the Tech Radar uh, U.S. Uh, editor. Um, someone was saying, you know, when is going to be better? And he was like, he's like, it might get a little bit better in the summer. 
but we're talking like not by a lot, like really just by a little bit. And he says, but don't expect regular stock till next year. And he's like, remember, the Switch was sold out four Christmases in a row. You know, don't expect this holiday season to be any easier than right now. The problem I wonder, though, is with supply so constrained, how many people actually want to make software for this thing because nobody can get one? I was just, I mean, yeah, that's what I was gonna, I was just thinking that the other day, like literally, like I was like changing my clothes <laughs> like in my bedroom and I was like, who even wants to, you know, cause if you're a business, if you're a business person and you're like, I want to get my software, you know, as high numbers, as many, as many houses, as many hands as I can, they're, they're, the hardware numbers on the new consoles aren't moving. Like, wouldn't that, you know, push you towards, okay, well, people can get their hands on PCs. People can get their hands on, you know, there's already a billion Switches out there. Let's do it on the Switch. You know, there's a, like, let's do it where it can be on PS4 or, you know, or, or one. But yeah, fantastic point. And I, I see it because I've seen several games that get announced and they're like PS4 and Xbox. And you're like, and they're usually like, even on their frequently asked questions, will there be any updates for the next gen version? Like, this is supported through backwards compatibility on mm. PS5 and Xbox. No, basically, no. Right. And I can get it because it's like, how many people could actually take advantage of this? Not enough for us to spend the time and the money to do it. Yep. Um, Unless it's something like, uh, uh, you know, Sony or Microsoft Ghost. That's like, right. And you would never know about those deals. But it would be like, yeah. oh, like we're going to support a smart delivery version, you know, next year. And under the, you know, behind the scenes, Microsoft's like, yo, we'll give you a million dollars if you smart deliver this up to, you know, 8k next year you know yeah and i think microsoft doesn't care what box you play it on so whatever yep and that's been sony yeah. does care but not enough to throw fistfuls of dollars after mm -hmm. it so i mean you're gonna get some like returnals coming out you know ps5 exclusive mm -hmm. but i mean like that's what there's like a very small handful of ps5 exclusives at this point yeah and i think i read the other day that they've gotten um it's like Eight million units, not quite eight million units of PS5s has sold mm -hmm. um, over the life. Here's the question I really get to though: is okay, so if regular stock for this thing is not available until next year, at that point the console's a year and a half old already. Yeah, before software really is even a thing for them, yeah. and they usually, as we've seen in the last gen, you get a console refresh at three years. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> You're already halfway through the life of this thing by right. the time you get it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It makes me wonder what the heck they're gonna do. Yeah, and um, and and you do you always fight that battle of you know the smart consumer thing to do is to wait versus yeah. the you know early adopter. I want the new thing for whatever reason you know mentality. Obviously, I mean like early adopters don't do it because it's cheaper. You know, it's always more expensive and it's, you know, you typically get a less reliable machine, but sometimes like in the case of the PlayStation 3, you know, with more uh, uh, functionality uh, on it for those earlier models, like up through the 80, I think it was um, uh, the Metal Gear, uh, the Metal Gear Metal 4 Gear. system, yeah. I think was the last one. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, you make a really good point because it's you're pulling your hair out right now, you know, you and me both like trying to get a system. And then you're going to get, and at least in the case of the Xbox, like, but between, you know, smart delivery uh, with the current system, like, doing everything, like, you're going to need it to do, like, you know, does it, and, and you said the, the biggest uptick uh, in your experience on the PS5 so far has been those faster loading times. 
Yeah, which is good. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. But it's not life changing. Right. I mean, but I mean, like right now, if I'm going to play a last gen game, I'll buy the PS4 version just because mm-hmm. I have a PS5 and I know it's going to be a little faster. Like, right. we'll, we'll talk about a little bit. Um, but like XCOM 2, I want to get that. I could have the Xbox One version was cheaper and mm-hmm. easier to buy the collection. But I bought the PS4. We're just going to like, look, I'm going to save some time. That's worth an extra $10 to me. Yeah. Okay. You know, no big deal. But beyond that, I mean, yeah, I own one PS5 game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and besides, like, the ones they've given you for free with PS Plus. Um, and I don't know when I'll buy another one. Um, I've, I'll have to see how Returnal looks. I uh, Right now, I don't have any interest in it, so we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, to me, being on board day one is a way to justify that price because then I get to maximize the amount of time I get with it. Mm. If I'm not going to get that thing until a year and a half in, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I do wait for the refresh in the middle. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, there's going to, that's going to be it. They were going to want to sell another box again. Right. Halfway through um, with more peas and whatever, <laughs> yeah. and all the ray tracing. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. Uh, I'll keep everybody up to date, you know, with how that goes. As far as other things going on, um, I have watched more of Star Trek Discovery. Um, made more progress. I finished season one. I will say season one was really good. Really good. And it had a nice overarching story line that took you through the whole season, but also like had a lot of zigs and zags <laughs> in it. Um, so, yeah, it was just really good. So now I've started into season two. So far into season two... Not as strong, mm. but then again, you know, sometimes it, they just need a little time to pick up ski, speed because we have a new story arc, right? So I'm going to wait and see how that pans out. But um, season one, I would say that was fantastic. I would really and, recommend that. And this is the one you were talking about on the last show uh, where yes. I wasn't here, where I remember you. I, I remember when I was listening to it, you said that it, it's less episodic, kind of like the classic one were, and you do kind of have that season one arc that, that moves through it, but you still have that that Star Trek uh, character development where they'll deep dive into like certain people and stuff. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, like I said, I've not, I'm not one of these uh, guys who's seen like all the TV shows. So I've often thought about going back and, you know, see which one's good or which one's not. But, you know, I'll mention that to my wife and she's like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to, like we started, you don't need to do that. Yeah. We started next generation and we got like, a good portion through season one and it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like we're enjoying it, but we didn't feel that drive to like, Oh, let's watch another and another and another, you know? Yeah. The next generation, I think gets better with age, the mm. farther you get into the series. Okay. But, um, season one, they were definitely finding their legs after 20 years of no sure. Star Trek. Right. right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. But discovery comes out strong and it's very, it's got a lot of action to it. Um, okay. so it takes more of a, a new flavor, but I mean, it still awesome. does the character development stuff. So, um, would you, would you recommend I, that first season to, uh, anybody like even, yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, if you know, Star Trek, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll get more out of it, but you can still just enjoy it. Awesome. And you'll be just fine. And that's just streaming um, on uh, CBS. Yeah. A Paramount plus now, but yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot they switched over. They did run it, um, on TV last year. Um, so, you know, if you could have caught that, but, um, obviously I have to change some things cause there's language and there's mm. some sex and vibe. it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, hardcore yeah, not stuff, graphic but I mean, anything, yeah. 
Right, it's sexual situations mm-hmm. between characters and things. Nothing, you know. I don't know if I'd want my kids watching the series just because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little violent at right. times and there's some language, but I mean, nothing crazy. Uh, probably a little bit more than I would be used to for Star Trek. Mm. But uh, but I think that it, it makes it strong. It's, it has enough to pull in different strings to make you interested and it's got some cool stuff. And the timeline is... Uh, neat because it comes in it's before Kirk and the Enterprise so it's just like right before that interesting but they don't try to be too crazy with it like oh you know because obviously the old show was an old show right so they don't try to make it look like stuff was like back then it still looks modern and futuristic but are there uh, like little like winks and nods to things that have happened oh oh, well (laughs) in season two I mean I don't know if you know but uh, and I'm not going to spoil much. I think everybody by now. It's season two came a couple years ago, but um, Christopher Pike is in it. And oh, Christopher nice. Christopher Pike was the um, captain of the Enterprise before Kirk took over. Right. So, um, and yeah, there's a lot of winks and nods there okay. because like he beams aboard and, you know, he's got like, you know, the old Star Trek had like those gold and red like shirts and stuff, you know, and they're all wearing those uniforms. They're like, Oh, you guys don't have the uniforms yet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, it's, there's some good nods and in parts, uh, yeah. but it's its own thing. So, yeah, I could say you could jump in and have fun if, that's, if that interests you. I don't know if I ever told um, you this. I have, a, I have a, 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 one of the devs of Destiny that I follow on Twitter. Um, every once in a while, I would see um, like a like a couple. I thought it was like a birthmark or something. Like it was kind of like like up on like her neck. And then I noticed that it was like two marks and they were identical. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. So it took me a while to kind of figure it out. But then there was one picture she finally posted where she's kind of wearing like a, like a sundress kind of thing that had like straps on it. And she has like the communicator, uh, you know, like the little, what do you call the si- the, si- the sigil? It's the ins- yeah, it's yeah. the insignia. Yeah, the insignia the on like uh, the Starfleet. kind of tap to, uh, uh, to talk. And then, um, I never noticed this till I watched Next Generation, but you know how they have the little circles for the uh, rank? Yeah. She has a rank, like a Star Trek rank tattoo, like right on like the <laughs> neckline right there. It was like, oh, that's so clever. So it's it's very much like a Star Trek, uh, you know, kind of themed, like whole like kind of like collarbone, you know, area tattoo. Is, yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see that. Trek's fun. Yeah. Uh, and they do some neat new stuff in this series. So, and I had already watched Picard, so I, yeah. I, I dug that too. Um. And then outside of that, jeez, uh, you know, time is always a challenge. You know how it is with kids. Um, Hours in the day. There's yeah, that's the biggest biggest one. So I've not really had a lot of time to squeeze in much else. I kind of you know I I hear like Kelsey and some other folks you guys talking about like the the Marvel stuff and and some of this. It's like you know I I intend to get to some of that at <laughs> some point in time. It's just when I, I don't know yeah. when that's going to happen hear that um it's i could just cram in a few episodes of whatever it is here and there um and i would like still i've not watched mortal Kombat. you know that just came out oh, on right. hbo and I, that'll be and that'll be great that. yeah that'll be great for the three of us to talk about once we've all i've, I've seen it i will not say a word so we'll okay we'll have okay. a discussion on that because maybe there could be a little mortal Kombat episode coming up i don't oh, know cool. that'd be nice okay, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to. I know it's going to be Mortal Kombat. That's an ex- what I expect it to be. So you know, I've heard like people like eh, it wasn't rated that well. Well, I mean, did they like Mortal Kombat? Because yeah, 
that's what matters. Yeah, right? I, I, I have I have lots to say about this movie, so okay. I can't wait for that uh, conversation. Good. I mean, you know, yeah. Is this Siskel and Ebert kind of <laughs> yeah, thing? Right. <laughs> no, no. It's Mortal Kombat. So right. anyway, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I know what it is going in. As long as it knows what it is, I'm totally cool with that. Right. Um, game wise, you know, I think I mentioned it last time. I was getting into XCOM, was playing some Enemy Unknown because I know you'd mentioned that before, and I'd been hankering for some um, some strategy after playing the Project Triangle demo or whatever. And so I played through that because I already had it. It was one of those freebies through Xbox Live Gold, whatever, right? So like a million years ago or something, it was free. And so I still had it. So I played through and I beat it. Um, And I really, you know, I found my way to enjoy it. Um, And I think I mentioned that last episode. So I probably won't rehash a lot of that. But I did wind up and I, I did beat it. The ending was a little weird. Um, uh, and I guess it really just did not connect to the second one. So, you know, I, I was like, okay, I want to keep playing some more of this. Thought maybe I'd take a break, but I found I could get a copy. So I got the collection that kind of has everything, which makes sense at this point, because it's not a new game. And so I got that. I loaded it up. Um, and A, even on the PS5, this game takes forever to load. <laughs> oh my God, it's so slow. But anyway, um... So I started, it's like, you have two choices, like XCOM 2 and then like War of the Chosen or whatever. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start with XCOM 2. I'll go play, I'll play War of the Chosen afterwards. But it has all the DLC for XCOM 2 built into it. And I can see like, okay, they refined some things and kind of made some things that didn't make any sense, gone. But there's still its own little weird oddities that are in there that you're like, I wish they explained what on earth this means better. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for a while, I didn't understand. Like, there's this Avatar project meter. And, like, I'm doing crap as it comes up. And it keeps like, watch out, the Avatar project. And you're like, what what am I supposed to do about the stupid Avatar project, right? And then I finally start figuring it out. Okay, oh, there's a little base over here. I have to go blow this base up (laughs) or whatever. Oh, now the meter goes down. and I'm kind of like... I don't really like that. I'll be real honest with you. Yeah. I'm like, I just let me play the game. Right. This adds like a stupid layer of tension that's not even good. It's mm-hmm. just like, eh. yeah, I'm with you. It, it's it's it seems like the kind of thing that was, you know, at the end they were like, okay, like it's great, but like, how can we, you know, increase the gameplay time, or how can we, you know, just add like, you know, pull them back, you know, it just seems like artificially put in there and. uh it's the same. It was the same thing um, with, uh, you know, like like your kind of like world, your your map, and it's like, whoa, we're getting attacked over here. All right. Well, I guess I gotta go f- go over there now. <laughs> right. And it was it was like in Fallout, Fallout Four, where like you just uh-huh. be walking around, and that guy ran up to you. It was like, oh, the settlement's getting attacked over here. I don't care. I'm doing <laughs> other things. <laughs> go away and die, please. Yeah, I hated the settlement piece of Fallout 4. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah, because that's what I want, Minecraft and Fallout. Right. But um, Base building. It was a good idea. I never <laughs> built... After the tutorial where it's like, this is how you make power and, and build a base, never touch that again. I would have rather just gone to Megaton and like dumped my stuff in a trunk somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... 
But um, in this, yeah, this is a really stupid Avatar project thing. That they're like the Avatar project. Like, what is the Avatar project? <laughs> we won't tell you. Uh, okay, <laughs> then why do I care? Right? right? I'm like, well, fine, whatever. So, um, and and the other thing is like, God, why does every mission have to have a turn counter? Like, yeah. I am so happy when I find a mission that's just like, just play, yeah. just enjoy, yeah, play. Uh, no, most of them are like, if you don't get to this thing right away, everything's gonna blow up. But we're all gonna yeah. die. And and, and I'll, like, I'll I'll let you keep on. going because I've already you know really babbled on uh, too much already. But yeah. in general, in games, like don't give me a timer. Like I understand, yeah. like there's a place for it. Like you know, like you know, you get close to the end of the level in Mario, you know, the tension you know builds up. But like you know, like uh, in in Destiny for a long time there was a problem with you know they were trying to like make content more difficult and try to, you know, figure out, okay, like, well, how can we make, you know, so one of the things was like, if you just like hang back in destiny, you can kind of plink away at people for a while. So they've added this mechanic called uh, champions. So you have several different kinds of champions, a barrier champion, overload champion, a barrier champion. Once you like get them down far enough, they spawn a barrier that you can't shoot through and all of their health regenerates. So you have to use a special weapon with a special uh, mod that's been added to it that's an anti-barrier mod that can kill that barrier. And it's just a thing added on just to make it like that much more complicated for just that reason. And then Night Falls for a while, it's like, all right, regular strikes, yeah. But the Nightfall, there's a timer. And the thing is, you didn't fail at the end of the timer, but once the timer hit, like, 15 minutes or whatever it was, like, every second after that, you, like, lost points off your Nightfall score, and you have to get a Nightfall score of, like, 100,000 to get, like, an extra powerful drop. But, like, as every time Bungie announces, oh, we have this new uh, activity, yes, it's got new enemies in it, yes, and new loot to chase, yes, and it's going to be super tense because there's a timer, Oh, <laughs> yeah. just get the timer out of there. Well, especially this, because I'm like, what? I want to ask the developer, why do you think I want to play a strategy game? Because they're slow yep. and turn-based yep. and deliberate. Yep. That's the idea of, yep. wait for it, strategy. <laughs> right? it's, why, it's why there's a few exceptions, but it's why I've always leaned more towards turn-based than real-time. There's a handful of real-time strategy games that I've enjoyed over the years, but like nine times out of ten, turn-based, let me sit here for 45 minutes if I want, and then do my turn. And then, I don't know if you played, did you play the DLC for XCOM 2? No, not for 2. Okay. So, one of the DLCs, um, of course they just add like missions and stuff, but this one, I guess it must have been the last one, but I don't know, because they're all just, just thrown in, right, when you start is um, they have, like, these basically, like, super bosses that are in there. And they'll just show up in the middle of whatever other mission. And it's not that they get a turn every turn. They get a turn every action. Wow. So you move a guy. Right. It gets a turn. Wow. You take one shot, it gets a turn. I mean, and it has, of course, like truckloads of health. Mm -hmm. But the gimmick is you whittle it down 
and then it like creates this portal and escapes. Mm. So then now you'll get in the next mission, you'll whittle it down a little oh, more, wow. and it gets in the thing and it escapes. And, and so you're just like supposed to like eventually just through your normal battles, it pops in and makes them a little tougher, and you just chip away, and eventually you're gonna get him. And there's three of these guys, right? And the first one, pretty tough, because they like right at the beginning of the game, like my guys are brand new, yeah. and like suddenly, like, <laughs> super boss. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like what? my guys are brand new. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what? And the guy comes out, and he's like, oh, I've got like 40 health and armor, yeah. and you're like, what? Yeah. But thankfully, you know, you like take a few off and he's like oh i'm out of here um so you know i i'm playing through and i'm doing fine like the first one eh, you know kind of tough but i got through it and the second one pretty tough pretty tough um and then just like today like earlier today i'm playing and the third one shows up and the third one is like you know how they have like those little health squares yeah. over their head mm-hmm there's like, I don't know, like a stack. Yeah. Like, I don't even know how many. I couldn't count that number of squares. Right. There's probably like 60 squares Oof. or something on this thing. And armor on top of it, right? Right, right. And I'm like, and was it, like, it comes in, like, gets a few turns. It's just like wrecking everything. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what's, what, the, uh, what am I going to do here? Yeah. And like, on top of like, oh, my mission has a turn counter and everything else, right? <laughs> yeah. That I have to try to watch too. So, um, this is probably like one of the best things that's happened to me in one of these games. But like you, you know, you get these mods for your weapons, right? Like, oh, okay. Like this one, so every once in a while, you can take like an extra action, or you get like one extra shot before you have to reload or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like there, you get this really slim chance to insta kill, like what you shoot. It's like really small chance, right? right? And Sure enough, I'm playing. This guy like just shows up, and I've taken a couple shots, and these are just wrecking crap. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose so many dudes in this fight. Like I'm screwed. One old boy just pops his gun up, <laughs> take and like takes one shot, and just just dead, yeah. just totally wrecked, dead. That's awesome. Because he just that really small chance modifier went off on the perfect guy at the perfect time. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yes! You know, you're and, jumping up and down. And typically typically when you're making, you know, those decisions with those mods, like, I, even like, you know, in, in Destiny, like, I, I typically stay away from, oh, there's a chance for this to happen. You know, like, I'm re- really, too. I'm much more mods where, like, after a kill, your reload, ac- your next action, you know, will be faster. Okay. I know it's going to happen, you know, or, you know, and that's like, what I usually do. I usually always take guaranteed slots, yeah. but whatever it was, like somebody had been injured. This wasn't even a guy I use very often. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I've got a slot. I'm going to put this guy in right. and he just gets the lucky shot. That's awesome. And it's funny. He looks like Reggie fils because <laughs> <laughs> the character just randomly generates these. It's Does he have that like I've red got... glowing eye like in the meme? <laughs> no, but like the haircut and everything. I'm like, he's Reggie. I've got Reggie on my team. That's awesome. It's funny. Like the computer randomly generated him, Reggie, and then it gave me a French guile. Like the, the guile <laughs> haircut. I mean, it's brown, but like it totally, he's guile. Yeah. Uh, from Street Fighter. Can't be but, an accident, uh, right? Yeah, but I, I, you know, I didn't, I put... I put you and Kelsey in the game, so I send a picture over. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Did we guys. survive? Yeah, yeah, no, I keep make sure to keep you guys alive. Oh, nice. So, Appreciate uh, it. You're, uh, you guys are now like the next to highest rank mm. so far. Um, 
Can't wait so, to yeah, get I, I give you guys like commander. the best upgrades and the best armor and stuff to make sure you guys aren't aren't dead. That was awesome. But, uh, I, I saw the Canadian flag on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you can really do like I mean the face creator's not great, but mm-hmm. I mean like uh, you know you can the name and the nickname yep. and the, Th- the country. That's and... the one feature that has not come forward uh, to like modern gaming that was on my 360 that I wish was still there. Like with that Xbox Vision camera. They're like, take your picture, put it on your Rainbow Six guy. Like, my Rainbow Six Vegas guy was my dumb face mapped onto this uh, body, and that's the one feature I wish we still had. Yeah. But, yeah, because I tried, but they don't look that much. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put glasses on Bill, right. because glasses. Right? And, and um, some people are better at those characters. Like, some people, I can't sit at a character creator for 45 minutes, I, you know? No, some people, they'll sit there, and like they'll like make it, but I'm like, how do they like perfectly make this person look like that? Like, And some people are just into it. Like, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I, I thought, like, okay, this is good enough. And just so you know, we could... Have some fun, because, yeah, you can totally, like, I mean, it gives you people, but you can rename them whatever and, right. and redo whatever you like on them. So it's kind of fun. My, my, my son uh, today, he was like, oh, come play Pokemon with me. And I'm like, I'll sit with you. But, like, it's a one-player game. You know, I don't know how to play it. But at, it kept coming up on the screen. It was like, oh, my friend evolved. My friend, you know, used this attack. And I'm like, why does he keep saying my friend? He was like, oh, I named Pikachu my friend. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is great when you can name uh, name your dudes in your squad. Yeah, and especially, like, I thought, like, oh, this will make me, you know, more invested in keeping some of these guys alive. Because sometimes if you're like, oh, no-name Jones died. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've got that habit, too, where, like, I look at a thing as, like, that's a level X guy with this, you know, ability or this gear. I rarely look at it as, like, oh, that's Jimmy. You know, like, I don't want Jimmy to, to go, you know? Yeah, that... Maddie always has to laugh when she's watching plays. I'm like, because there's the computers created a guy called John Johnson. So it's always just, always like, oh, it's John Johnson again. Jimmy you know, Johnson. Yeah. Good, good job, computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've been playing that and uh, I've been having a good time with it. Uh, I just I wish there was a few things to tweak. I wish there was just settings yeah. where I could go like. Nah, I just want to turn this part off, right? And enjoy and, the game. And and like uh, like every other game that has the option to do that, like even like like something like Minecraft, where it's like, uh, no, let me do it this way, and they're like, okay, but just so you know, it's gonna disable achievements. Okay, deal. <laughs> You're like, I deal. Don't care in this the first is place. The, yeah, this is the best thing you could have done. <laughs> let me play <laughs> right. the way I want, and I don't care if I get the magic trophy. Right? Um, yeah. You're like, because yeah. I don't care anyway. Yeah. Um, that's not how I choose to spend my time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been playing um, that one, and uh, you know, there's not been a whole lot else that's been going on. I've been dug into that, which I'm enjoying the strategy. And speaking of of enjoying the strategy, um, we had like another topic planned out that we had that we were going to go into, but we had to kind of change it at the last minute. So I, I pitched to Bill. I said, "Hey." I'm into these strategy games right now. Do you care if we just take a little time and just talk in general about strategy games, what we like, things we want to mention, just, just a general, it's going to be a very casual conversation. We didn't prepare notes because again, we had to make a shift kind of at the last minute. So I hope you guys enjoy it, but I want to start off because, okay, first off, you know, you'd mentioned some of these games to me and that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to check out XCOM. So uh, I want to give you time just to first start talking about your thoughts with these games, maybe other, other things you've got in mind. So I've been blabbing for a while, so. Go ahead. Yeah, 
That's uh, uh so XCOM um Enemy Unknown because there were other XCOM games uh, you know on the PC previous to this. So, oh, okay, I so, didn't know that. Oh yeah, XCOM uh so let, yeah, let's maybe uh, uh, step it back just a tiny bit. Um so So were they all that style? No. This is oh. new to so this was like when like XCOM kind of like came back. Um so uh, uh XCOM was um like an uh like early 90s um I want to say like micro prose uh game um uh like a, like a pretty pretty popular like a pc publisher and developer um who i think eventually either got eaten up by hasbro or or you know the the license shifted to hasbro and like micro prose wasn't around anymore but like in the world of like pc gaming like you just see the word micro prose a lot um especially like early 90s stuff so um so originally xcom came out as this game called ufo enemy unknown um, and that was in uh, like the mid '90s, and then every other game after that was called XCOM. Um, so it was XCOM. Uh, uh, it was like DOS uh, um, and Windows. Um, it was also on PlayStation, but it was really kind of more like like Diablo-y, like isometric uh, kind of oh. looking, where you were kind of like uh, shifting stuff around. Um, and then uh, there was another like five or six games uh, on Windows um, that were Whoa. either like games or expansions. So in 2012, uh, it was when XCOM Enemy Unknown came out. Uh, so 2K and Firaxis uh, picked it up. So uh, for people who aren't familiar, uh, 2K and Firaxis are the uh, developer-publisher combo responsible for Civilization. Um, so the essentially like Firaxis is one of the the more well-known, well-respected uh, strategy devs in the PC world, uh, especially turn-based PC worlds. So they got the opportunity to get this license, and they jumped on it. And Enemy Unknown was a a, a really, really like highly anticipated, like look forward to like return of this uh, franchise. Um, it was kind of similar in a way to Fallout 3 uh, coming back. Mm being you know acquired by uh Bethesda, the license uh, being acquired by bethesda after i think interplay had it on uh, on pc because fallout 1 and 2 were definitely rpgs but not you know first person you know 3d uh type things so it was like the return of this big franchise that was very highly anticipated to like consoles and stuff like that so um to be honest, I haven't played a ton of the old XCOM games. Most of what I've played is started with Enemy Unknown, and then I ended up like getting a couple of the older games on PC through you know like Steam sales. They're only like a few bucks uh, regularly anyway, just to kind of go back and it's kind of like going back and playing like Civ 2 or Civ 3. Like, oh look how quaint, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this this is how we used to play. But um, yeah, so uh, the XCOM series has been around for a long time, but the way that you learned it in Enemy Unknown where um, it's full 3D, so you can kind of have um, your, uh, your full kind of like uh, swooping scope of the, uh, of the battlefield and having like kind of like blocks where you can move to where you have movement value and, you know, special type units that can move a certain way or like move and take an action and kind of all those things. Um, that was all kind of like adapting the PC version to this kind of like new way to play uh, that would be uh, console friendly. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it's very console. Yes, it it and I and I think too um with uh, uh Firaxis they had experience doing this with Civilization uh taking that complex uh, uh turn-based strategy game and making Civilization Revolution, um which was a really real like I I I hesitate to say a dumbed-down version of Civilization 
it's a much simplified version for consoles that is very, very good. Um, and uh, so they were able to take that and, and, you know, with their own product and do it on consoles that way. So uh, XCOM is, I would say, an even better, uh, uh, you know, example of, of taking that product and console and making it on console. But it didn't feel like it pulled anything away from, uh, like, the, the spirit of the game. Whereas when you look at CivRev on console, it looks nothing like civilization like it's it's really like it's it's night and day but this uh xcom enemy unknown is very 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 true to the look and feel of the original uh and one of the the hallmarks of that is just like you spoke about a few times already that feeling of tension um nothing ever feels safe um uh and that's evident in you know so you have this, you know, you have like this introductory mission where you go in. It's pretty e- fairly easy. Like you go in, you find aliens, you extract, and then you're like, okay, now we got to have a plan. So you end up going back to like this big home base and you have all different areas and you have like, oh, there's like a science area and you can, you know, uh, you can gain, um, uh, you know, the means to research certain things, whether it's money, you can find things that'll help advance your science. You can tell them this is the project I want to work on next. So that'll take this amount of time or this amount of money. And then there's other areas where, okay, like if you want to upgrade your base, you can do that. Oh, but you don't have enough power. So you got to add more power for your base. So you got to dig down. And then, so there's a whole base management thing on top of that. And, uh, uh, nothing like everything always feels like it's about to fall apart. Um, yeah. it, it could be like a fight where um, your view, like, you know, your view will shift or like you'll expose yourself because you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine there. Like they can't see me. But then like the guys you didn't see from out of the shadow, like come like three squares behind you and you're like, I am so dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. what am I going to do? So yeah, like, oh, I guess I'm resetting this mission. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, and that's not a hallmark of strategy games in general. That's more of a hallmark of just XCOM, just making you feel uncomfortable. And I love the gameplay. I love the decision-making. I love, uh, you know, I love the theme, like, even though it's kind of like, um, not super, like the, the character models aren't super realistic. It's kind of like, almost like fable, where like there's like very exaggerated proportions and body parts and stuff like that. It's um, like 50s sci-fi horror type aliens. Yeah, because you have like the small chins and like the great big heads on a lot of them, and they have some kind of like stereotype, like not stereotypical, but like they have like G-Man looking, uh, you know, like uh, aliens that are like, isn't that just like a skinny government agent? Like, no, that's an alien. <laughs> so oh, um, and the expansion in the second one, the DLC. You get to find out what they really look like. Ooh, spoiler. Spoilers, they're snakes. <laughs> it's like uh, like in uh, uh, Halo, like those big hulking uh, brutes, and then like you kill them, and there's like a single worm like powering that whole thing. It's um, like uh, you remember that show V. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like that. Yep. So um, but yeah, so uh, so XCOM is um uh w- like one of the big hallmarks is just the way it makes you feel, and all the things I love about the game are everything except the way it makes me feel. It's why I find it so difficult to like get through a playthrough. I find it very tense. And like you've said before, you know, if a game, if, if you're playing something, it's like, this isn't the reason I play games. Like this isn't the way I want to feel. I've really tried to grab onto that feeling and trust it and be like, I'm out. So a lot of like, every time I go back to play more XCOM, I have fun with it as long as I can have fun with it. And I'm like, I don't want to feel stressed playing this, right? 
So, and the other thing I don't like about it is all the chances. And I'm the same way in um, tabletop games where I don't like rolls of the dice. You know, like I don't like because a lot of these situations like this could like determine the level. This could determine if I'm going to lose a unit that I've spent hours leveling up and protecting and making sure that he's good. And then I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, I can shoot that guy or I can shoot that guy. Um, I got to shoot one of them. And, you know, like I shoot the one that I have the best chance of hitting and you could just shoot at that guy and missed like you had a 94 percent chance to hit him. (laughs) Oh, sorry. You got the six percent, buddy. (laughs) I I, I I mean, I don't think it's I don't think those numbers mean anything. Yeah, I I see it all the time where you're like, yeah, like I'll see like 90 percent to hit. Yeah. And no. With you miss it. Swing like, and a miss, yeah. You're like, okay, I, I expect that one out of ten times is sure. what I would expect. That's not what happens. It happens a right? lot. And I think it right. happens a lot to add to that stress, to be like, what is happening? Yeah. And, and just to so switch like, gears and then, but sometimes for like, you're like, screw it, I gotta turn, yeah. I'm gonna waste it. I've right. got like 30% chance to hit yeah. this guy. Oh, critical dead. hit, he's dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and just to switch gears for like a half second, like switching to something that I've always really enjoyed um, in a civilization, especially I've, I haven't played nearly as much six as I've played five, even though six is the newer game. Um, I've played a ton more five. And even though there are the same thing, there are chances and it's the it's same developers for Axe is probably a different team, but there's still chances, but they feel like what they're telling you it is like, it's, oh, like you're going to gain or it's just guaranteed. You're, it's going to be a 15% XP increase when you win a fight on your home territory. And that happens, you know, or like when you level up, you can choose to give them bonus XP or to heal the entire unit. I would like to heal the entire unit. I feel like the decisions I'm making directly impact the outcome of the game, which is why I'm playing strategy in the first place. So that the thoughts that I'm having and applying to this experience matter. So the more that the thoughts that I have that I apply to the experience don't matter, the more I'm like, peace. There's okay. So one of the DLCs, which I guess doesn't matter to me because I'm just playing the whole thing together, but is you can get these robots, right? And they're like these big robot soldiers kind of look like, the short circuit robot, but Ooh, like number Johnny Five language, yeah. But like hulkier, right? Okay. Like bigger. But the face is like okay, yeah. Somebody watched Short Circuit right before they designed this. <laughs> um, but like okay, you know how like when you upgrade your guys, you have two choices. Like there's two skills. You could do sure. one or the other. And usually I'm that way. I'm like okay, this one is guaranteed every time. It's not as good, but this one is only like sometimes. I always like I'll take the guarantee. Sure, right. But like this, was like the one the tier, like both choices were kind of eh. And like there's this one, it's like oh, you can, like if this, if like an enemy is within this range, you'll use this intimidate move on them automatically every time. And I'm like, all right, I'm yeah. gonna use that. I will tell you, I've watched that animation play so many times, it has literally <laughs> never worked. Every time, intimidation failed. Yeah, I'm like, I. I've been playing this game like a lot of hours right. at this point. Like I've never worked. I, I've had What's that happen in uh, uh, like in um, like Final Fantasy, where um, you'll get a like you know you'll get a spell like death, and it's like <laughs> you know I'm not going to use the death spell on something weak 
because I can just hit that with my sword, or Quistus can whip it, or Zeldinched can punch it, and it's done, right? But, oh, dude, here's something that, you know, it's not like a, a it's not an ultra, but it's like a major, or like, you yeah, know, like, it's, this is what I, I want this to die, yeah, please. Yeah, here's a yellow bar enemy, you know, like, let's, let's go after it. <laughs> big animation <laughs> and like little lowercase like miss <laughs> or like no effect right. and sometimes you're like okay right maybe it's just because that was that tough enemy you'll try it again like some other time when it doesn't yeah. even really matter miss fail and you're just like can this thing even hit yeah <laughs> yeah and and so like and this has been i didn't realize that i was like this in or i couldn't like crystallize this this thought and then I started, like years ago, I started playing more board games, and I started to realize the ones that I really like, they tend to be more complicated, but all the decisions are mine, there's very little rolling of the dice, um, and if, if there is, it's like just like a slight modifier, it's not like a yay or nay type thing, um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the more that I've, you know, kind of come to realize that on the board game side of things, now I see those things being applied to, you know, to game, especially strategy games, um, to a lesser extent, um, other games as well. But really, strategy is, I think, like I said before, it's where it really shines because the whole reason you're playing this is because you want to put, you know, this thought into what you're doing. And when someone just kind of, like, pulls the rug out from under you, I like, I get the percentages have to be there. It's part of the game. But it it is not a good feeling to walk away from, you know, playing for hours and have this happen. So, uh, again, not not a hallmark or a staple of strategy games in general, um, but it's definitely something to consider uh, and, and a roadblock for anyone who's uh, maybe thinking about getting into strategy, gives XCOM a try, and is like, nope. <laughs> I don't want this in every strategy I wish there was a lot of things it told you, because like, you start to figure it out by playing, but things like, oh, there are certain kind of guns. Being closer is worse for yeah. your aim. Right. But it doesn't really tell you that. Yeah. Um, like Some things make sense, right? Oh, you know, I gotta guess my sniper is gonna be better at range than if he has a, a sniper rifle right up to the dude's face. Although, if it's right up to the dude's face, he should hit 100%. That's not the way it works. Right. But like, these guys have like these big Gatling guns, right? Some of like the yeah. heavy grenadier guys. And if you get them relatively close, they can't hit the broadside of a barn. But you're yeah. like, I'm shooting a million bullets. Right. And and then there's, um, uh, that's the worst is because some of the animations are like, there's zero. It's like he shot forever. And then with um uh the uh I was just thinking about it before you said that with um uh oh maybe look oh yeah with the um like uh okay you have a satellite here. Where do you want your next satellite? And it's like it's kind of a big decision because like you're not gonna get another one for a while and like you wanna like so there, there's a lot of decisions that I made early on in my first playthrough that just were really bad decisions, and I was like, "Yeah, because you didn't know." I was like, "I think I have to go back and you know start again." And I guess that's what they want you to do. It's like, okay, that was your playthrough, and like now you're going to do another one. So it's uh, and and that that uh, leads me to one of the other games that I've talked to you about. I spoke to you about on the uh, maybe two shows ago. Um, it's available for PC and it's available for the Switch. It's called Into the Breach. Um, this is a game by the developers of FTL, um, also known as Faster Than Light, which is a, a very popular, um, I think I would call it an indie uh, uh, real-time strategy um, PC game. I think it's just on PC. Uh, basically, it kind of like, 
it kind of like looks like Among Us, just in the way that it's like a 2D kind of like uh, you know like pixel art ship. Um, but there's basically like a whole bunch of things going wrong, and you need to like fix the ship in order to like escape like this situation. Um, so it's it's uh, it's one of these games that like sounds simple on the surface, and it's just massively complex once you like get under the hood and you realize just how many decisions you have, how much you can influence the way certain things are. Um, but like you're trying to, you know, uh, put out a fire. You're literally putting out fires like everywhere on the ship. So like you got to put this fire out. But in order to do that, you got to make sure that like the water's not gonna electrocute. You know, if you turn on the power over here. So it's 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 not real time. <laughs> But it's that same, you know, kind of like a stress of managing all those situations. But uh, anyway, Into the Breach, which is uh, uh, the the game I wanted to talk to you about, is completely turn-based, which is awesome. It's It feels a whole lot more that the choices you're making matter, even though there is that potential for, you know, like a hit to miss or something once in a while. Um, but it's super, super simple in that, like, the map is relatively small. It's, like, 10 by 10 squares, and there's, you know, there's some geometry on there, maybe, like, a mountain that, like, certain things can't go across, or, like, you know, water in certain places, bridges, bridges that can be destroyed. So, and this is the one that I mentioned a few times ago that I told you um, ha has, like, roguelike elements to it, but, like, I wouldn't call it that kind of game, because I don't want to scare anyone away from that that here is procedurally generated, and then is like, I'm out. <laughs> so, just, yeah, for those that, no, no, I just raised my hand, that's me. So, when I say, ro so when I say roguelike, it's, it's roguelike in the sense that you start a playthrough of this game, and it's like, alright, and you can choose, like, the, um, uh, like the the types of you know like mechs that you want to like take into battle, and you can choose like one of like three or four different regions to to go into that all have like different you know kind of qualities of the way that you would fight a battle there, and once you finish that region, you go on to another region, but what happens is uh, throughout the course of playing the game, you may die and have to like kind of like re like go back and like restart you know not restart but like it's almost like you die and they're like all right like we need to send another team of mechs into the breach to like go back and like fight these like invaders so the ones that they send in like you can choose from like other mechs that are like ooh they have different abilities um but you wouldn't just choose the abilities you like you would look at the terrain you're fighting on and and since there's like some uh uh I wouldn't say randomness, but since there's just different possibilities of like what ability of what they can have, it lends itself more to future playthroughs because it's almost like when you do like a new Dark Souls uh, playthrough, you're like, this is the build I'm gonna go for. Maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. So it's like you're playing the same game, but they're like giving you kind of like, it's like, ooh, I've never had this mech that has this ability on this terrain before. That'll work great on him, and I can try this one. And it's again deceptively complex because on the surface it's like, all right. I got like three or four dudes. They got some aliens coming in. Like this will be good, but everything's very methodical, and it's like just moving like one square over and then over here. Since you're going back and forth, like you're like, all right, he's gonna be in range. Hope that guy doesn't leave because this guy comes over here. But uh, uh, I, I really, really, really enjoyed my time with Into the Breach, and it never gave me that sense of what I was doing didn't make uh, didn't make a difference. Yeah, the big thing when everybody says roguelike, here's the biggest thing for me. 
I don't ever want to play a game that says, hey, you know the like 10, 12 hours you just put in? I'm throwing it in the garbage. <laughs> Start over. If that, I just don't have that guy. You know, right. that just doesn't respect my time. And right. For those that like it, I, cool. I, mean, I got no problem with that. It's just mm-hmm. for me, with the limited amount of time I have to game, that's not the experience I'm looking for. Sure. So if you're telling me that that's not very consequential in this part of the game and you can still enjoy it, then yeah, I'll take a look at it. Right. Yeah, no. Uh, is it, that is that how it sounds? Yeah, there's there's never a moment in there where you've like built up and built up and built up and it's like, all right, start from zero, but like now you know this, you know, like <laughs> yeah. type thing. Um and and probably my favorite rogue like uh, rogue legacy, um, it's like you go into this on you know, this two D platforming game, you kill a bunch of stuff, you gain some experience and some gold, and then when you die, it's like, all right, you're dead. And then your descendant, you know, like goes in the castle after you. But here's the thing all of the like the gold and the experience that you've earned the next guy like has that so it's like your progress wasn't really thrown away like because the new guy is like more powerful and you can like unlock new abilities and stuff um it's just every new one that comes in has a different trait uh and that trait can be helpful or harmful and it just affects the playthrough next time so it's like oh this playthrough was in black and white because my descendant you know was colorblind or this one you know, he was nearsighted, so you could like couldn't see stuff that was far away as much. So like it's just like an interesting little wrench. But uh, even though you would die and had to start at the beginning of the castle again, uh, like all of your progress kind of came with you. And the the only thing that I know you're not a fan of the ca- so the castle is randomly generated, but it's randomly generated out of rooms that you're gonna come to recognize and be like, oh, I know this room. And this is how I get through it, and I can go up and down. And then when you get to the next room, it just won't be the same order as the last time. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so not to get too too far no, into the We talked about that one before, and uh, I I ended up playing that one, and that was not my cup of tea. So how um, how 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 much uh, time did you dump into that guy? I put a couple hours into it. Okay. And did you? En- I was just kind of like. Mm, yeah. Did yeah, you enjoy? Nothing. Did you enjoy just running around and killing stuff? Not really. I, really I think that like was the thing. It's just the game mechanic yeah. itself. It was just like... Mm. I really, really like that game, and I love the music. I can hear it in my head right now. Yeah. yeah. So, I give uh, that one a go. Cool. Was that uh, in your... I forget. Was that a like a game with gold, or did you end up... No, I think we, you had mentioned a few times, so I gave it a good shot nice. but, uh, a few years back. Um, so, yeah, no, I listen sometimes, you know, but that's okay. I'm like, I don't blame you. It's a thing mm-hmm. you really liked. And again, there's things I like that you're not going to love and you try sure. them. And sometimes you're going to go, yeah, thanks for telling me about that. And sometimes yeah. you're going to go, eh, but yeah. it's okay. I'm glad you enjoy it. That's, that's, I've, it's gone both ways with me where like, uh, like I'll tell Krabby like, oh, this is really good. And he's come back to me and he's like, listen, like I gave it like a solid shot. Really? So I just don't, it's not speaking to me the way it speaks to yeah. you. I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool, buddy. And then, but it is great when you, when you give him one and he's like, that, that was it. <laughs> you know, that was the one that, which, so it's, it's, it's happened both ways, which is great. Absolutely. So, um, kind of getting away from this, I mean, strategy games in general, I don't know. I mean, we could talk kind of roughly. I mean, my, journey with strategy games all goes honestly probably back to shining force Mm. on the genesis i mean i don't know if i ever played a strategy game before that um and you know 
that was what really introduced me to this whole idea mm-hmm. behind that. And I know there are other kinds you know, like RTS and stuff, which I did play command and conquer, but I don't really want to go into RTS right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so yeah, I played the original shining force and I loved that game. That was, it was good. I got it. I understood it. It was well, I mean, it made sense, right? Yeah. They were just, it was simple, made sense. Yeah. I got it. Um, and I played Shining Force 2, and uh, same thing, right? And I was like, okay, I get this. After that, I think, um, you know, the next one I probably played was, gosh, I'm trying to think. There was that Saturn game. It was like Mystaria or something like yeah. that. I remember playing, and it's probably a game nobody cares about or remembers. It was okay. It was kind of a 3D one, but probably the next big one was um, Final Fantasy Tactics, which I'm sure probably, you know, that's that's the big boy. So that's, yeah, that's the one that I had in my head uh, that I was, uh, um, when, so my first Final Fantasy game ever was 7. Um, so I was a little bit late because I've said before, we weren't a Super Nintendo house after, yeah. you know, once Nintendo lost the backwards compatibility, <laughs> my mom was like, all right, we're going Sega. So um, I, I never played, you know, uh, any of the Final Fantasies in this country but until 7. So, um, and then 7, like a lot of people, it completely hooked me, blew me away, loved it, blah, blah, blah. So that left me like, okay, like, I wasn't thinking what other RPGs. I was thinking, like, what other Final Fantasy, you know, content can I get my hands on? So I saw Tactics, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I got it, and I, I guess I just wasn't, expecting it to be just like a pure like it sounds stupid to like say it now but like i wasn't expecting just like a pure like like strategy game i thought it was gonna be heavy yes so i didn't make it very far into final fantasy tactics uh uh it really wasn't until a little bit later that i kind of opened up to strategy more on the pc like in the civilization five days but uh uh I was, and I wanted to mention because you mentioned the Genesis. A, uh, a friend of mine had. I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Herzog's Y? Yeah. Well, so, I think probably the German is the spy. But gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I played. Uh, like he was always raving about that. So we played it at his house a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And uh, but same thing. Like I couldn't like wrap my head around a lot of it. And then um, there was uh, uh, General Chaos on the uh, genesis i never played it but i remember seeing the game yeah and it was good and it was like kind of like very very simple but like kind of like different enemy types and like you know with like what they could do and movement and stuff like that so it was as long as it was simple it was almost like kind of like arcade style i could wrap my head around it great but yeah so tactics came out and i found out you know after talking to people and like years later I heard the same thing that, that you said was that like, yeah, like tactics is pretty, pretty heavy. So I don't feel bad yeah. that you didn't pass the course there. Oh yeah. And talk about, that's a game you have to study to play yeah. well. Um, yeah. Read up on it. And yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, I remember playing tactics and even then, I mean, that's kind of like, I never played Tactics Ogre, but that's what people would tell me. Like, that's that kind of level of it's heavy strategy, right? And stuff, that's what you're down for. And on console, in that era, if if it was in, like, the PlayStation 1 era and you wanted to play strategy games, it was pretty much PS1, right? I mean, there was... I can't think of too much on, you know, 
N64 before I don't that. Think there was or... anything? I mean, yeah. no. There was a couple games on Saturn. Yep. Um, that you could play. Um, and then Squ- so with SquareSoft, um, was was Front Mission? Um, would you front still mission. consider that strategy? Yeah, but we didn't get any Front Mission games until PS One. I mean, it, it had been a Super Nintendo, well, Super Famicom mm. in Japan. But yeah, we finally got them on PS One. I think was the first Front Mission games that we got. And I, I've honestly never played Front Mission. I probably should play Front Mission mm. at some point in time because I, I know it's obviously strategy. But um, yeah, on PS One there was quite a few. I mean, I played Tactics, of course, Final mm. Fantasy Tactics, and I had also Vandal Hearts. Yes. Um, I bought Vandal Hearts when it came out because I thought, oh, okay, this is, again, like it, at that point in time, my brain was still like, um, Shining Force wasn't that old, right? Yeah. It was only a few years old at that point. I'm like, I really like Shining Force. Can you show me something like this? Right. And I kept trying like different ones here and they're like, I just really want something that's simple and fun. And and so like, uh, like Vandal Hearts was not mm-hmm. so obtuse as like final fantasy tactics and that's some more story to it so mm. I, I enjoyed vandal hearts uh more but i'll be honest i think after like the ps1 i i th- well i take that back i played like ring of red on ps2 but really i don't didn't play much strategy after that there's like a big gap where mm. i don't know if it was just nothing i was looking at was really reaching out to me yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, and again, like that being like a little bit of a blind spot in my console knowledge, because all of the strategy that I've always that I really got into was like once I kind of like made it to PC and settled in with uh, 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 with civilization. And then there was civilization beyond Earth, which is uh, not really a remake of, um, uh, you know, the uh, the previous uh, like, you know, sci fi space exploration Civ games. It was more like Civ five with like a, a sci fi like a planet exploration um, skin thrown on it. Um, most of what and when you look at like some of the biggest strategy games on PC, so many of them are RTS. Like you have your Starcrafts and you have your Total Wars and you have your Command and Conquers and uh, uh, there, there's there's I'm sure there's a bunch I'm forgetting, but they've got all they're all kind of based on. And I don't know if it's a product of the PC, you know, being like, you know, more powerful or if it's just like the keyboard and mouse lending themselves to like, you know, controlling large battlefields. But uh, like Shogun Total Warfare, like so many of the PC but strategy Like the games. original Warcraft, like a strategy game. Yeah. And I, we we're talking uh, about that recently is Krabby when like because uh, he was big into to Warcraft. He was one of the he's like, I was one of like the six people who was upset that World of Warcraft was what it was, and not just uh-huh. like more strategy uh, from the from the uh, original Warcraft. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, 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 I think you and you and I both gravitate towards uh, the turn based for the same reasons because we want to take our time and we want to make sure that uh, the decisions matter. I will tell you, like a handful of the real time games that I've enjoyed have not punished you for taking your time. Um, so it's this interesting mix of, um, and I'm sure a lot of them are like this, um, there, there's two that come right to mind, and one of them is Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth, which wasn't like a huge game, but it was big enough to get a sequel that they put on consoles, um, because the first one was just PC only, the second one uh, made it to console as well. Is that PS2 or uh, 360? 360 era, yep, 360 era, yep. Okay. So, um, so Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth, and the other one is... Um, 
I'm blanking on the name, but it was the Star Wars um, uh, strategy game. Uh, so what would happen is like you would kind of like spawn and you'd be like at your base. So if it was Lord of the Rings, you're like you know at the the Rohan, you know like all the Rohirrim, and you got all your dudes there. That's all right. Like what are you gonna do? And it's like okay, I want these guys to chop these trees down. Now to get us some wood. Then I want these builders to like you know make a stable. So it was almost like you were playing Civ, but like it was like super uh, uh like the speed was super increased so like it only took like a few seconds to do each thing kind of like starcraft if you play it the right way so you would do all your stuff and it's like all right these guys are better archers now these guys have horses these guys have that and you kind of like as you're moving through the environment you're like getting the resources and like putting them into your guys but it's like the rest of the level like wouldn't progress until you like physically like move beyond a certain point so it was like, okay, and then once you got beyond that point, it's like, all right, here's a battle. It is in real time, so you got to be like, all right, horse guy's over here, like, arrow guy's over here, like, the ogres are coming, and then, like, you, the kind of battle went on. But then once that was done, it was like, all right, we can regroup, we can do this stuff. So, like, even though it was all real time, it kind of felt like you could take it at the pace of a, of a just a turn-based strategy game. I loved the way it looked, I loved the way it sounded, I loved the music. Uh, that Battle for Middle-Earth game, I've... To this day, I struggle to find a way to get it to play like reliably on Windows 10 hardware. Uh, for some reason, like the drivers, like the way the install was back then, it's kind of like Blade Runner. Like it took people a long time to figure out like how to get this game to run on modern hardware. Or like, can you just do a VM or something? So that, that's that's the that's the best way to do it. So it's just you know the the process of. Uh, I really should just like get like a Windows 98 VM <laughs> or something that that'll, yeah. that'll just run it. Um, but uh, I don't. I honestly don't know how what how good the uh, the graphics emulation through the VM is. Um, mm. But it's it's something that I that I that I'd like to try. But uh, but yeah, that and then Star Wars. Um, I'll I'll think of the name, but it was it was the same way. Like you kind of as you moved through the level, you're kind of grabbing those resources just like every other RTS. But I, I I tested this like I felt like I was like I feel like the game's like not like going anywhere like until I get there because what you don't want to happen is you take your time and then you get there and then it's just There's a like, mega base it's the end of Return of the King and just like <laughs> the armies of <laughs> Sauron right or, like we've been building this giant yeah. armada while you've been chilling yeah. out which is why I would never play PvP turn based uh, strategy oh, no. games because no. that would just be oh my gosh yeah. No, zero interest in just getting It's like speed chess. It's like yeah. no. No thank you. Like when you right. see those like when you see those um uh documentaries on like uh uh like professional StarCraft players like living in a house in like Korea and <laughs> just practicing 19 Any hours a day. Game player. And yeah, then they're and, and then well they cuz they talk about how many actions per second, you know? And it's like, well, how can you do more, you know, like how can you do more than a few actions per second? But it's like, oh no, like they're like when you watch them play, like it doesn't look like it's a human. It looks like it's a robot. And what could they possibly be doing? And it's like, oh, well, they're doing like 19 actions a second. Nope. Do do not do not want. Don't put. Me I in know. There. It's like I mean, obviously, you know, I won't go too far into it. I watched fighting game players and stuff, and there's some that are they're professionals. That's what mm-hmm. they do, right? That's their job. And yeah, I mean, like, you know, a lot of them have gone to these hitbox controllers, which are not sticks anymore, right? They're just, it's almost like playing a piano Mm. because they can do things faster once they train themselves that way with the buttons than they can with a stick. 
And so it's kind of become this whole thing. It's like that same thing, right? You have to shave off every fraction of a second and have yeah. every, you know, move as perfect as it can be made. And you don't want to accidentally get an input that's slightly off. So mm-hmm. if you have it mapped to like keys, like buttons, it, that can never happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm just, not interested in getting that deep. I don't yeah. have that kind of time. Yep. And just before I get too far away, um, uh, I misspoke. It's actions per minute, not actions per second. Okay. So I, but still, I yeah, mean, yeah, I, I, just did I don't want to play a game like that. Yeah, I just did a quick search to see like what's a, what's a good one. So a casual player is about 50 actions per minute. Experienced player, 75. A proficient player, 150. And a proficient player in the like upper echelon of players, over 200 actions per minute. So that means you're doing several actions per second, always. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure those guys have special key bindings to yeah. everything on their keyboard, and they're just, yeah. you know, like yep. crazy. And so, like, uh, uh, it it would be nice uh, if we had, you know, anyone else on the call who was kind of like leaned more towards the real time, so we could just kind of get the, uh, you know, uh, the appeal of that, like why, you know, that's that's uh, something that they enjoy. My only, you know, contribution to the real-time portion is that Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth, uh, which I played a whole lot more than that Star Wars-themed uh, RTS. Um, and uh, I know that some of the more modern RTSs, uh, just speaking about the strategy space, are a lot of times they're um, in established properties. So you've got the Halo Wars uh, franchise, um, which is real-time, just takes the Halo property. So I, I almost feel like that that's that's one of the ways that they're trying to pull people into strategy is not with some new thing or it's just like here here's you know halo now it's strategy right. or gears is it just called gears tactics um I, I mean i'm i know there is what game i don't know what it's called yeah there yeah. there is a gears strategy game um if it's not gears tactics it's you know. that makes sense right you want to pull your existing audience and i mean that's the reason why like people pay a lot of money for the star wars license because yep. it has star wars on it you're going to play it yep. it's going to sell a lot of copies yep i, I get it um but yeah like, i mean my I, only yeah. experience with rts is i played all the way through command and conquer mm. um that's as far as I ever, and I felt pretty good about that. And, yeah. and then I was like, okay, I'm good. I think was, I've gotten all yeah. of this I need. Was there any expansion content that you made it through? Because 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 I I worked at Babbage's and it was fairly late in. I played the... gold. It, okay. So whatever. So command so, and yeah. conquer gold. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, because um, I think that included everything, but then like Red Alert was like a separate branch because there yeah, was Red Alert and then Red, Red Alert Two and then there were other expansions there. But I like I start so I worked at Babbage's fairly late in the PC, you know, like what do you, whatever you call that era, um, where like Half Life had already been out for a while, but like the Game of the Year edition was still on the shelf, so kind of like that age, and like Quake Two, you know, collector like the collection of all the different expansions was still on the shelf, so it was kind of like still in the Sound Blaster Live era, but like still pretty late. Um, but uh, uh, I remember Command and Conquer being a big deal and i went so when i worked there people were coming in for command and conquer like a lot of the time and i was like i don't think i realized how big command and conquer was i just thought it was you know this thing that was mildly popular with rts guys but there's there are people who i know who wouldn't call themselves strategy fans and they like command and conquer 
So I don't know what it was about that that was appealing. I think it was the difficulty curve was not crazy. I yeah. never played like online against other people. I just went through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I went through a campaign twice because you have to go one one side and then play the other side. Right. right. Um, and I think I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't know if I needed more of it. So yeah. like I know they had you know, like Red Alert and all these other things. Yes. And, and I have to wonder if that's why it died out. Maybe it just kept going back to the same well too many times because yeah. like there aren't. I mean, it's been like years since anything's been done with that, right? Yeah, and there's yeah, because there's uh, there's there's definitely a lot of individual products. There's the uh, there's like the special editions. There's the expansions, and you know, like the more the more I look at you know just my experience with real time games, like it it takes a lot to get me to go after like a real time, and even like uh, with in the PC world where there's you know like a lot of uh, strategy games. There's a lot of sales. There's a lot of games that like you'll get as part of a bundle. So I found myself in possession of uh, Company of Heroes, which I'd heard really good things about. When you look up, you know, like best strategy games on PC, it comes up a lot. There's Company of Heroes 2, which was very successful. I've tried Company of Heroes, and it's one of those things where like I, I get it, I get the appeal, but you know, as, as I'm playing it. And you're moving through and like you're trying to, you know, it's an occupied town and you're moving your troops over here and throw a grenade over there and have these guys shoot that guy. It's just one of these things where like I would just rather be one of the guys with the gun in first person moving through that space, you know. Uh, so I know it's it's different and it'd be different if it was turn based because then it would slow the whole thing down to where I really feel like that's where strategy shines because if it's just going to be real time. Why wouldn't I want to be experiencing that, you know, in the way that I really want to play a real-time game? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, most of the strategy these days, I think, has skewed to the real-time, um, which is, I don't want to say it's a shame, because if you love real-time games, that's awesome. But uh, it just kind of is, you know, I know we're beating a dead horse with that point, but it's, it's where strategy shines when I can really slow it down. Yeah, and and maybe our listeners or somebody else will hear this and go like, "Oh, there's these other ones. You didn't right. hear about these, or you forgot about these." Because right. I, I'm like, I don't see a lot of the games in this space, at least on the console side, right? I don't right. see a lot of games in this space at all right. anymore. Yeah, and like I was looking, like, oh, XCOM two came out in like 2016 or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, so is there a new one coming anytime soon? I mean, I, I haven't right. checked on any and, news or anything. And, and XCOM but... two was a PC exclusive. It was announced, I think, at uh e3 during that like pc show like that pc specific show that they put on so when i heard about it so everyone was thrilled because they were like okay not only is xcom 2 pc as coming to pc uh it's pc exclusive everyone was like it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be like more complex it's gonna be you know they don't have to worry about the console Turns out that it was only exclusive for like a year, <laughs> like a year and a half or something. Then it came to console, so it was like very much in the same vein of the first game. It was still, you know, well liked enough by people who, you know, liked XCOM, but I do think there was a general sense of like, oh, awesome, it's going to be like, this is going to be like the real XCOM, because like now it's PC only, and it like wasn't really PC only. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't want more complexity. Right. I, mean, I guess that's it. Some people play the, the game for certain reasons. Mm. I, um, a lot of times I want to relax right? yeah. or, or take my mind off things and I, I don't need more stress, right? I'm good. <laughs> and that's, and that's why we were talking about, um, uh, uh, Kelsey was really recently talking about on Twitter, uh, 
about Breath of the Wild not being a top, you know, three or five, you know, whatever Zelda for him. And the point he brought, he brought up was like, yeah, broken weapons are never a fun mechanic. And it just brings me back to that same thought of like, you know, adding stress. So it's Mm -hmm. already like a tough battle. And like, now I got to deal with like my sword just exploded in my hand. Like, okay, like what am I going to do? And I know they're trying to throw a curveball at you and like, how can you adjust? But it's like, all I have to do is pause the game and switch to another weapon. Like there's no reason, you know, like this should be like that. So yeah. So I'm very much that way too. Like just give me bread and butter. Like, oh, this is an attack. This is my magic. These are my items. I can work with this, right? And then when you add, like, layer upon layer upon layer of complexity, like, sometimes I get that and it's cool, but other times, especially, like, in, like, the late, late stages of Civ, where I'm looking at units and I'm like, I don't even remember, because every time you, like, level up or your city gets up, like, it's okay, like, what building do you want to add? And there's, like, 30 different building choices, and each one has, like, a little effect on a little thing. So as you're making the choice, you're like, oh, I like that's the best choice I have right now. I'll do that. But then late in the game, I'm trying to think like, I can't remember the 90 choices that I've made <laughs> that should affect this new choice I'm making. You know, especially if I play it over the course of like, you know, like oh, uh, yeah. d- multiple days and stuff. So I, I definitely understand that there's. But then I'll talk to my father-in-law and he's like, yeah. So I played a game of Civ Five last week, and I'm like, oh, you mean like you finished it? And he's like, oh no, like, like started and finished, <laughs> like wow. same day. Like but he's next retired, day. though. Exactly. I mean, yeah. You know. So different. So, yeah, if that's what he wants to do. Yep, it works. It's yeah. kind of like, uh, like I know you guys and the the Playcast guys have talked about Control. Yes. And it it was a free game on PlayStation Plus, so I installed it. I fired it up. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try this Control game. I got like half hour into it, and I just went, no. Yep. And it wasn't the game; it was the story. And it was just, I may go back to it some point in time. It was just, I was not in the right headspace for like a really dark, nasty story. And I'm right. like, no. Yep. And so took it off, uninstalled it. I, I'm glad that I'm getting to that age where I don't feel like I have to. Yeah. Right? Like, I oh, actually got to put this time in to try or whatever, right? And it's funny is because like you've said that for a while now. And like, you know, I, I remember like I would say, oh, you know, like this game, you know, before Final Fantasy 15 came out oh, Final Fantasy XV is coming out, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, you haven't played it yet. Like, you haven't seen it. Like, you could be surprised, right? And you were trying to explain to me, you know, I I've, I have enough experience with me that I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to like. And mm-hmm. so, and, you know, like, to me, like, that was hard to, to kind of wrap my head around because I am still surprised by things that like someone's like, Oh, give this a try. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like that. And then I will. But as I, you know, kind of advance, you know, with my gaming career and just in age in general, I find I'm, I'm more kind of along those lines where I will just like look at something and I'll know right away, like this isn't going to work or I'll give it a try. And very quickly, I'm like, totally get it. Know why people are into it. I'm out, uninstall forever. Like, enter the gungeon yeah. that I've heard stuff about forever. Tried it, and, and like, and it wasn't just like I get it. I was like, this is fun. Like, I totally am into it. I know what the the gameplay loop is. You do this, you do this. It's fun. This room is fun. You get to be getting bosses, and we really we played it for like a half hour, and it wasn't bad. But I was like, yep, uninstall because I absolutely know where I stand with that game. Right, so. That's to say, you're 
your time becomes extremely valuable and you're just oh, yeah. like i don't have so much of it spread around so mm-hmm. like that game i mean i think i started playing a little bit and i was like okay i can see like the gameplay is probably pretty good again just like i'm not at a place right now where i need the world sucks horrible stories yeah it's, i just don't want that right now right and it, it's probably good and fine and that's it's okay but yeah, so I, I, just I, actually, down for that. I really, really, really like Control a lot, but it's funny. Like, I got it. I think there was some Epic Game uh, Store sale, and I got it, and I started it. And it wasn't that I didn't like it, but like you know, life gets in the way, things change, yeah. and like I just I played it for like a handful of hours, and I just hadn't played it in a little bit. And then I saw that the Playcast was doing it, and I was like, perfect opportunity. I'll jump back into it then. And when I jumped back into it. I had a lot, even though I didn't have a bad time with it at first, I had a lot better time jumping back into it that second time. So it's all about those those situations or like whatever circumstances you're in to, to make it work. Yeah, and you gotta be in the right headspace for certain things, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, I'm just not feeling this right now. Yeah. It's kinda like these. I mean, you know, like, all right. So here lately, it's like, yeah, after I play Kelly's I'm like, man, I'm having fun playing strategy games. Maybe there's some more out here that yep. I should go and check out. And then I'll yeah, it'd probably be something else at some point in time. Yeah. But, you know, for yeah. right now, it's good, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and and sometimes, like, you'll play something, and you really like it, and you're like, that was awesome, but, like, change of pace. You know, let's switch it up. And, like, uh, like with Ori, like, I finished the first Ori game, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to go straight to the second just to kind of, like, get my feet wet with it, and I'm glad that I did because it's, oh, it's, it's so good, and it's different enough that, like, it... You could. It's the same world. It's the same character, but the combat and the traversal is so different. Um, but like in like kind of a familiar way. But uh, but yeah, it's it's great when you kind of get into a uh, get into a groove and you can kind of start uh, start moving forward with uh, uh, in your strategy uh, uh, career. Because that that was it was encouraging to see. Because I was kind of like, ah, oh, like is he gonna like it? Is he not gonna like it? And then it's like, oh, he's getting XCOM too. Nice. But at first, when I started off, man, it, the first, it really left this bad taste in my mouth. Because basically, it's like, oh, hey, all this crap that we didn't really explain to you, oh, by the way, it's really screwed you. Mm. Right? And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, you know, like this first game. And the second one's not as bad about that. The first one has, like, all these weird little side mechanics. Oh. And it's basically like, if you don't do all of these things up front, you're, just, you're screwed. Yeah. Right? You're just totally yeah screwed and i'm so, and so like yeah. okay the first game I'm like okay i learned don't bother to upgrade your dudes for a while take yeah. care of all this other crap and then you can do that yeah and it's it's uh uh it's one of these things that i really i'm so afraid of happening that one of the most common things that i search for when i start playing a new game or think about start playing a new game i don't search for things like you know, like uh, a walkthrough for first level or, you know, like character builds or whatever. I look at, you know, 10 things I wish I knew when I had <laughs> yeah! started this game. Yeah. Because every game has the things that are not explained very well. Hopefully they're not super important to your success in the game. Because a lot of times I'll just find something like, oh, like especially in games where like you have to choose upgrades and they don't come frequently. Like, I'll look at, I'll read all of them, but, like, a lot of times you don't know how effective it's going to be until you start using it. So then you, I start popping out, like, okay, like, what are the best upgrades, you know, to start with? Like, oh, definitely start with ABC. But 
those articles that are like, you know, the 15 things I wish I knew are like the things that I'll watch before I start playing something. Yeah, I, I think I wish I would have done that beforehand. I just would have saved myself. Not that it was bad. And once mm-hmm. I got into the groove and I figured that part out, then I was enjoying it, right? right. So should they have done a better job of explaining it? Yeah. Um, now that I'm past it, fine, whatever. Yep, yep. Um, but I guess I just wasn't used to that, right? I just played all these other strategy games that were just about the strategy. And that was it. Not all these extra mechanics that were, you know, all... Uh, I don't even know what to call them, um, <laughs> but I guess they, they're they not really strategy, though. That's the whole thing. That's why I don't get it. It's like, okay, like in that first game, uh, building satellites as quick as you can and putting them all over the place. Well, there's no strategy to that. It's just right. some junk you have to do. It's just an extra thing to click on. Yeah, yeah and you're like, how does this really fit to the... Because like the, what's the core game? The core game is the moving your guys around shooting the aliens, right? Mm-hmm. That's the core game. Yeah. I wish sometimes developers would just like, okay, focus on the core game, right? If that's good, let me do more of that. Mm-hmm. Things that take me away from that, stop doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and and that's what, uh, uh, again, I know I have a habit of bringing things back to destiny, but it's just like the regular game I play. Uh, they've, they've had a problem in recent years with um, like forcing players to do things a certain way. Because, you know, they're, they're trying to get you to come back. They're trying to keep you playing. They're trying to keep you spending money, whether it's in the microtransaction store or just buying new seasons or whatever it is. So they've actually had to, like, take on this new uh, kind of, like, mantra of, like, uh, play any way you want. Because for the longest time, like, to level up, you had to get as much experience as you could. So in order to get experience, you had to complete bounties. So in order to complete bounties, you have to do whatever the bounty says. So it's like, all right, kill 40 enemies with hand cannons. It's like, all right. I guess I'm using a hand cannon right now. And it's like, what if you really just wanted to jump in and use whatever weapon you wanted? Well, I'm sorry. If you want the experience, you have to <laughs> play it this way. So they, they've, they you know, tried to get away from that, you know. But And, and I get with where they're coming. Like, their job is to keep you playing. Yeah. So they got to add these avenues to get you coming back. So, like, it's uh, I understand that it's, it's a, you know, it's a problem that's got to be solved, but... I, I, you can see the effects of it everywhere. Like when you're playing a game and you and you encounter something and you're like, this isn't fun and it doesn't add anything to the gameplay experience. It just makes it take longer and it's like an extra thing to manage just for the sake of managing. Like when uh, like when an MMO adds a currency type and it's like we already have you know like like money and a different kind of money and then these tokens and these other tokens and these tokens that turn into these tokens once you have this many of this token like why do we need 97 currencies and it's because well they need you to grind for different things you can if you just if you just got the maximum amount of one thing you get everything so that's why you have to get 15 or 20 different things so it's like you know And I I, understand online games, right? They have to do that because their way to make money is to keep people playing long term, right? right? But something like these games, once you get your my money up front, you're done. So, and and, and I think what what comes out of it from that is just the word of mouth or like how long this game takes to beat. Oh, XCOM takes six hours to beat. That's not worth sixty dollars, you know, or whatever it is. So it's like we have to keep adding these things so that our time Maybe. to beat is twenty two hours or whatever. <laughs> and this is just a guess. Like I'm not, you know, in those meetings. It makes you wonder though, doesn't it, it? It does when you see those decisions made. I like and as you get older, when you're younger, you're just like, Oh, this sucks. I don't know why I have to do this. And then as you get older, you're like, Why? Why? 
why did someone <laughs> stand up and say, I have an idea? Well, yeah, because you know, as you get older, you've been in business situations. You've yeah. been in companies. You've been involved in decisions. And sometimes you kind of get it. And sometimes yeah. you're like, I wonder if that person got fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the case is. But um, I guess coming back to strategy, you know, and again, you know, those are listening. Obviously, this is a very off-the-cuff discussion. We have a lot of structure around it. But I'd be curious, people listening, if you have suggestions. I think from what I've described that I've enjoyed, you probably have a pretty clear understanding uh, of what that looks like. So if you have suggestions in that vein that I may have missed, let me know. Um, if it's things outside of that, I'm okay. You can mention it, but maybe, you know, it's not my thing, and that's okay. But like Bill, tell me about this XCOM. I would never have my life played an XCOM game if Bill hadn't mentioned it. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what even is XCOM, right? Right? Or like this, like he asked me, I mean, I, you know, we have a chat, you know, and, and Bill's, and if you want to be a part of that uh Patreon, right? Join our Patreon, get yep. on the Discord. That's where we have these conversations. But he asked me, he says, can I interest you in this Enter the Breach game? And I'm like, I don't know. What is it? Like, <laughs> it's just telling me a title. I'm like, Rrr. I mean, could be anything. And so, you know, we've had that conversation now, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I've actually, I've actually yeah, I've actually, um, so I know that's when we mentioned like early, early on. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned the price. It's like super affordable. It's like fifteen bucks, like brand new, yeah, uh, on the Switch download shop or on, um, uh, you know, Steam or Epic Games or whatever. It's been a free game on Epic, I think. So if you're like a weekly downloader of games, um, you know, out there, you might have it. Um, but honestly, for the fifteen bucks, sometimes it goes on sale for ten or twelve. Um, if a strategy game that really is like you know pretty uh it's turn-based it's pretty simple on the surface with just like the 10 by 10 um terrain uh the uh the um uh what's it called like the art direction it's like very kind of like pixel art style so think like 16 bit with like some extra flair to it because you have the power of the switch um but uh, uh really really super interesting and it got on my radar just when i saw it getting like nines and tens you know like when it came out and i was like okay like and this was back when I, you know, I was relatively new on the Switch, and I had played the Mario game and the Zelda game, and it was like, okay, like what else is there? So that's how this one got on my radar, and it's really, really, really uh, interesting in a way that, I, you know, I haven't seen any other game really do what this game is doing. So just wanted to put that one out there as kind of like my strat, like modern strategy pick outside of like the heavy hitters, like your civilizations and stuff like that. So I'm curious then, like you said, you you played like tactics and stuff on the ps1 and everything um do those kind of like basic square turn-based games still interest you or have you kind of like eh, I'm, I'm past that now it's so again to to mirror your point of time is so valuable and it's so limited and not just that but the supply of games is nearly unlimited yeah. Um, between, you know, things that you get for free, you know, as a PC gamer, like on Epic every week, uh, things that are dirt cheap on a Steam sale, Humble Bundle stuff. I mean, again, a lot a lot of that is just kind of like throwaway stuff that like, uh, you know, like you might not ever play. But then on top of, you know, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate that has games that I'm really, really enjoying. And like, I know when I sit down and play Ori, I'm going to have a good time and it's going to it's going to be a great experience. And then, you know, there's, it really becomes about that, you know, 
time versus uh, like available time versus like the supply of games that are there. So there have been times where I'll kind of not be in a rut, but I'll be like, all right, um, you know, uh, I've done all the things I want to do in Destiny until this day happens. I'm gonna, t- I've, you know, either gonna take a break from Ori or I'm like, okay, I finished that game. What to play next? There's always times where I've thought, okay, I'm gonna look at my Steam backlog. Or I'm going to look, you know, at this shelf or whatever. Or maybe I'll try, like, a genre I haven't played in a while. But more often than not, I'll, like, try something. And it's like, all right, cool. That was a, that was a fun hour. And it's not like, like, we'll talk to Krabby. And he's very, very, very good about um, uh, scheduling and budgeting his time. And knowing, okay, like, this is when I'm at work. This is when I'm at home. This is when I'm with the family. This is when I'm working out. This is when I'm eating. And he's able to really squeeze a lot of gaming hours out of a day, like impressively so for a dude who's uh, got a family and who takes care of everything he needs to take care of. I don't find it nearly as easy to find the amount of time to get those uh, those gaming hours out of the day. So for me, really, by the time, you know, I'm home from work, we have dinner, bathe the kids, put them to bed have a few minutes to sit down with the wife uh, and enjoy our time together. Not just, you know, like watch an episode of TV. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's, you know, have a snack, you know, do something cool. Really by that time, it's like nine, nine thirty. Oh yeah. If that, and oh, then yeah. it's like, you know, you got it, you know, we're up at like, you know, six or seven. So it's like, all right, I have like 45 to an hour, like tops, <laughs> unless I'm going to go over, you know, on my sleep budget. So yeah, to, to me, the, the time becomes the biggest factor. So when I finally sit down and it's like, all right. And it's and, and again, there's not just gaming going into this time. There's mm-hmm. reading and there's, mm-hmm. you know, creating and there's, you know, other endeavors just outside of, uh, you know, time that is uh, uh, not, you know, free time, like things that you like responsibilities you have to do. So I know it's a very, very long answer to the question, but. There's so many things that I think, oh man, I would love to do that. I would That's love fair. To, I would I would love to when you guys talked about um Panzer Dragoon Saga. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about it, I had no idea that it was the way that you guys were describing it, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's not what you would expect and there's, you know, like just like the just the the way that the game unfolded. I also had no idea it was so short. Um yes. because I just you just assume a big huge RPG. It's going to be a hundred hour, you know, type thing. It's no, it's not. <laughs> at all. A lot of voices and clips and stuff on these discs. Right. So, yeah. Not really. So, so it's one of those things that like, and I have this really bad habit of, you know, getting excited about something and being like, all right, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to play every 32 X game this, <laughs> this year. And then, like, you know, you finally get downstairs and you get your super battleship set up and you hook it up and then you put something in. And, like, by the time it's all set up, it's like, do I really want to play Cosmic Carnage with, like, the only hour of time I have, you know, this day? So No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct answer. Maybe you want to play Zaxxon's Mother Base, but yeah. you, you, you don't want to play maybe Cosmic I want, Carnage. Maybe I want to watch, watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. There you go, you know? right? I'm um, right there with you. I, I can echo that same thing where it's like, you know, I'll hear about people like, oh, I watched this series and I was watching this thing on Netflix and I was watching this. I'm like, how on earth yeah. do you find time to do any of these right. things? Yeah. And, and it's one thing when I hear someone who doesn't have kids say that because yeah. I, I know how they have time. But I have friends that have like two, three kids. 
uh, and you know, I'll I'll hear some of these things, and it's like, you know, everyone's there's the same number of hours in everyone's day, so it's you know, everyone kind of manages it you know differently. But I, I'll tell you, I you know, I, I really don't know how some people do it, and 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 like Rich, like the way uh, uh, Rich from uh, 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 Playcast with uh, with you know family work going to i mean like obviously he's not going to nine concerts a week like he used to be uh you know with the the pandemic and everything but man the the amount of play time that some of these uh, guys with families gets in i i, I asked them like how do you do it and they're like oh you know i just, I just schedule it get up early <laughs> don't sleep i guess yeah. i don't know i don't know how it works but some people are like that too they can exist on next to no sleep i don't i don't know if that's richard's case but uh me, I gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna be good. Yeah, and I haven't, I haven't been able to have coffee the last uh, two weeks because of my stomach issue. They wanted me on a bland diet, so and they were like, "Oh yeah, also no coffee, no tea." Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so now we I gotta t- talk, right? Yeah. So I told Kelsey it's been, um, haven't had. Uh, I cheated a couple times, but I really haven't had very much coffee. And the byproduct of that is I'm getting up a lot earlier in the morning, but I'm also tireder earlier like going to bed at like 9 30 10 o'clock like an adult like what is happening here so uh so yeah it's uh not to you know sidetrack that entire thing into a uh you know what happens as you get older and need to, <laughs> Old man time cast. to play games but but really there are so many different types of games that i would like to you know either give their fair shot or you know kind of give them a go but it has all become about time 100 percent well, I guess out of all of that, I would just mention that if you get a hankering for it and it's of interest to you, you might want to try that um, free demo, that Project Triangle mm. demo. It's not long. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the full game isn't even out yet. So Kelsey and I really liked it. If you're in the mood for a 32-bit, very by-the-numbers strategy game, give it a look. Okay. If that's not your thing, totally understand. Is it um, st- just straight strategy? Yeah. Mm. Yep. It's uh, think of like the, those thirty-two bit. Like it's not. It looks kind of like a Final Fantasy Tactics. Not as complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, think of like a Vandal Hearts kind of a thing. It it very much purposefully apes the style of those thirty-two bit okay. games. So again, if that's something, well, since we're talking about strategy, if it's right, something right. that you hit you and you. It's not going to cost you a dime, and you could try it out and see what you think. But uh, we enjoyed it. Okay, well, I'm, you know, I think we, again, we didn't promise a, a real structured conversation. That's kind of what this has been. So um, unless you've got anything else, Bill, I think we'll kind of wrap this one up. No, you have uh, probably babbled on uh, enough on the subject. I'm, uh, like you said, I'm curious to hear uh, what people's thoughts are on some strategy games we might not have mentioned whether it's on console real-time turn-based i think we mentioned most of like the big ish uh, pc ones which you know if you're in the pc crowd are probably not a surprise but anything that maybe kind of flies under the radar or you think uh would be interesting even to people who aren't typically into strategy maybe strategy elements i'd certainly be interested in hearing uh whatever feedback people have on that stuff yeah absolutely and um just to kind of mention as we wrap up here, we've talked about our little chats that go on. That's, uh, we've, so, yeah, we've got Discord. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Discord, hop in. We've got a Patreon that you can contribute to. So, you know, throw a buck in. You'll get access to the Discord. Come and chat with us. 
Um, thanks very much, as usual, to all of our patrons uh, over there that are that are throwing some bucks our way. We appreciate it. Um, means a lot just to know that people care and that they listen. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, always thanks. Um, as usual, you can find the show at all the normal places. Um, nothing really new there, but you can find us pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast except for SoundCloud. So don't figure that one out. Um, so I'd be... I'd be curious sometimes too. I would be curious maybe if you hear this, let us know, like hit me up on Twitter or something. Let me know where you listen. That would be kind of interesting to me. Is it Spotify? Is it just your normal podcatcher? Is it, you know, uh, you know, we're on, I, I think even like iHeartRadio or whatever, that's still a thing. So I'd <laughs> wow. just be curious to know, right? Uh, Stitcher, whatever it is. Um, on that, uh, Bill, where can people find you if they want to follow you? Uh, Twitter, uh, at Bill McGee, B-I-L-M-C-G-E-E, is usually where I hang out. It's probably the only social media spot you can really grab me at. And, uh, yeah, so uh, stop by chat, games, uh, video game vinyl, Destiny, dad stuff, pretty much all the uh, the standard uh, Lego, <laughs> all the, the Star Wars, all the standard nerdy topics. But uh, Lego but- definitely hit this guy up. Yeah, especially uh, right now. Yeah, a lot of lot of activity in the Star Wars uh, Lego world. So we're hoping to hear some more news uh, pretty soon. But uh, yeah, if you got an, and I I didn't want to say anything. I'm starting to think about maybe maybe starting to make some original creations. But uh, I don't want to tease anything before I actually sit down and make something that you know becomes something. But uh, but yeah, I've I've got some ideas and uh, we've certainly got the bricks here. So. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to the NCC 1701 Enterprise that you build. I thought I was going to start with the um, uh, the Sharp NES TV. (laughs) (laughs) Life size, please. Yeah, right. Um, With with at least one broken leg for authenticity. (laughs) The uh, other thing I would mention is uh, you know you can find Twitter Collector Cast. So you know hit me up if you want to chat on there. Uh, Throw things our way. Obviously, like I said, the Discord. If uh, you want something that's a little more inside and uh, things we pay close attention to, uh, share cool stuff that's going on in your life, uh, whatever it is. Sometimes it's just interesting to hear from our listeners and what they're up to. We appreciate that. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk to you in a few weeks.